That's what <laughs> Josh was telling a guy, he's like, I have my customers trained. What do you mean they're trained? He goes, the one customer knows if it's before 10 o'clock, you might as well just send a text saying, hey, let me know when you get this. <laughs> when you're... Oh, fuck, when was it? When my cam sensor went out? Yep, when your cam sensor went out. Yep. Because as soon as 9.30 hits, my... my my phone goes into sleep, do not disturb, until 10 o'clock the next morning. It tells me that. It, it sends me a message saying, you cannot bother Josh now. Because if you do, it is $250 an hour. Oh, you never oh, told me. Okay. You just told me I couldn't. Well, you can. <laughs> it's $250 an hour. Oh. Oh. That's why most people just go, nope, I'm good. Luckily, I've never had to. I'll wait till tomorrow. <laughs> well, <laughs> at 10 o'clock. <laughs> in my business model, there's different layers. The The more I like you, like in my phone, I have you as Chandler, and then I have my other customers, and I have one guy in here called Skid Steer Guy, <laughs> because that's the first thing that he called me on, and I cannot remember his fucking name. He's giving me checks. <laughs> I just have him in my phone as Skid Steer Guy. Skid steer guy. Oh, that's awesome. All right. It's great because everything, like, you don't catch me at all. No, Ryan Ryan doesn't have a face that a mother could love, so he's out of this. I definitely don't have a face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> and he rolled it. Skyler's over your slobber boxing. That one, there, oh, look at that. He's learning. I would not drink that. That was in his pocket. <laughs> it was in his pocket. Who knows what else? Skid steer guy. <laughs> We're still trying to figure out how to get your phone to pull shit up on the TV. So. Who's? <sighs> Josh's. Oh. Or whoever our guest is. So we got to preface this show with this is not for kids. There's a lot of cursing. Yeah. Uh, we will say fuck a lot. Don't. I mean, I'm just it is a you. verb, adverb, adjective, fucking noun, everything. It's I can kind have of a complete conversation of the with the word have fuck. You, have you guys watched the YouTube video on it? No. Oh, it's great. You got to watch it sometime. And the coat. Thank you. You just reminded me. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> got the got the milkman on a on a drink run. <laughs> Oh, God, if he was actually a part of this, because he bailed last minute and then showed up anyways. I did not bail! He, uh... He I had the, a he's louder. the one guy that's just talking that has a spitter. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even have the decency to swallow. <laughs> his his intro was, uh, women, send your kids to school and hope your husband work late, because the milkman is here. <laughs> 18 kids and counting. <laughs> Get back in your truck, man. Ain't no one here to impregnate. <laughs> she done left, man. So is it seriously cheaper by the dozen? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> 28 free gallons of chocolate milk. No. I. It was good. It was good. That baby literally walks in the door. Time to pop a chalky. I'm like, we're out of chocolate milk. And she goes, ah, time to pop a chalky. <laughs> And I'm like, no, we're out of Chalky. And she's like, I don't know about that. Well, you better remedy this fucking problem. <laughs> For the last two months, I've walked in this door and had a fresh chocolate milk every time. Oh, God. Are we rolling? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, shit. We're yeah. already doing this thing. Oh, yeah. yeah, we've been. No, that's that's all we need. That's We've been rolling. Yeah, no okay. foreplay this time, I guess. <laughs> yeah, nope. stick it in draft. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even spit on it. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Hey, we got the live going here. 
no, on YouTube? We, we're going to bring you back, too, at some point. But um, we actually have a foundation being created right now. It got a little held up, so we didn't make it. Oh. But, you know, cancer awareness, blah, blah, blah. We're hopefully, we're going to change someone's life for the better, hopefully. <laughs> so what is our exact goal with this, then? This is to have fun. So when me and Skyler, when next time I break down and I have to ride home with someone, I can listen to myself talk. Wow, you that's, said that's his favorite goal. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So, so like uh, we would let into the the TM Foundation, let into our merch links, pull some shit up on the TV, but we don't have none of that because it got held up. But like Stephanie, she's been cancer free since two thousand nine. Um, <laughs> I need another camera. Oh yeah, then um, that bulb went out. You're good. Nope. And then uh, my next door neighbor Debbie. <laughs> Debbie just got told that she is also cancer-free. So they put her boob in a little press, and they squeeze it, and then they scan it, and she just had her thyroid removed. So nice. she's doing good, Extra luckily. pieces. Yeah. Oh, just, you don't need stuff like that. It's kind of one of those things you go to the doctor, like, well, do I really need it? <laughs> it's like the gallbladder. What does it really do for me? Oh, God, me? Nothing. Mine's fucked. It's gone. <laughs> you got to give me a picture book if you're going to start explaining doctor terms. Cause... Hey, if you if, if you have gallbladder issues and you eat mushrooms, fucking woo, it's like a slip, slip and slide. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds like a weight loss program. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well. We get one of those influencers to kill their gallbladder and start giving them mushrooms and be like, I was dropped 47 pounds in 11 weeks with this fad diet. Oh, 11 weeks? Fuck, two days. <laughs> Dude, hey, I can I can go on one of them clean out systems and like you know they flush your whole body. One mushroom, thirty minutes done. Mm. All that corn I just ate, you can count it. Just <laughs> count it. Thank you, sir. You guys need intro music. Well, he's by Rodney Carrington, probably. Did you play? Did you, <laughs> did you even play the intro? I hit the intro. Already. Oh, he already played the intro. Do you want to see it? Mm, sure. Let's pull it up. How do I pull it up? Um, oh, wrong, wrong screen. There we go. Um, uh, just go to yeah, YouTube. And then look up us. I'll pull it up there in a second. Oh. <laughs> it's easier to do it down here and then move it up. Uh, truck and talk. Tim had a cool name, but somebody already took it. We're not going to mention it because their show didn't look very cool. Talking trucking or something. I wasn't going to mention it because it didn't look very cool. <laughs> the, uh, uh, the subtleness of that what? was that's the intro. on the Muffin Man. Does it say intro? No, it's a minute long. Oh. Oh, shit. Hold on, hold on. We're having... Right yeah, I was on the right-hand side. Thank you. Thank you. You guys are amazing. <laughs> Do we have the TV turned up? Josh, I don't know if you want to try to... Oh, I have to work now, too. <laughs> <laughs> I have to work. That's the wrong one. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta click the buttons. But I would definitely put it by the TV that doesn't work. <laughs> oh, let me restart this. Now our volume's in the way. I can't see nothing. All right. That's it. That was a great intro. Right, uh, the Muffin Man put that together for us. Nice. So I do what I can. So what did you do when you were when you were start oh, playing when you were overseas? Oh, uh, I was a pogue. A pogue for everybody listening is a pog person other than grunt. You're on YouTube still. 
Oh, is it? Yes. Oh. And I was not. Oh, that's an eighty-eight. Yeah, we're looking those up for you because that's what oh, you said. You. Oh my god! Didn't not, you? Not a Hercules, just an M eighty-eight. Oh, the recovery. Yep. The A two. I never had the A two. That came out way. Yep. That's my fucking beautiful bitch right down there. I love her. Mine was called the Flaming Beaver. <laughs> because in uh, my driver at the time, he got a tattoo guy to airbrush beavers, flaming beavers on our CVCs, our helmets. And the thing was, is what it might be moist, but it's always warm. So we called it the Flaming Beaver because inside that hole right down there, it's nothing but hydraulics and a giant winch. How, how big is that winch? That that winch is. It was an eighty ton straight line pull, and I had sit uh, right there. That is an eighty ton snatch block, and I had four of those. Jesus, that's the driver's compartment there. That's the riggers compartment, and then right there where that big stupid light is, that's the TC, the track commander. That's where I rode. And there's usually a 50 Mark 19, 240 Bravo, or a 249 saw on it. And that was my weapon system. And then it was tracked. And this spade right here, everybody thought we were a bulldozer and we could, like, push dirt and shit. <laughs> but you drop that and you'd roll up on top when you had to pick up the fucking turret of an M1. And so you wouldn't sink into the ground and crush the suspension. Because <laughs> it was all torsion bar suspension in there. This wheel... This front road wheel, the left side, was set farther forward, so it ran through all the way to the side and pinned on this side of the hull, and it had a torsion bar. And then the next wheel pinned in between those two wheels right there. And if you had to change the torsion bar, you just fucking quit. <laughs> it was stupid. You just give up. Yeah. That's the tow bar on the back side right there. And this little this little hatch right there, that thing, that was my fresh air intake for my NBC system that never fucking worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a complete waste. God, I hated that thing. It took up so much room. That's where I put my microwave. <laughs> <laughs> it got to the point where I was going to die comfortably, and I didn't really care. So I took out the life-saving nuclear, biological, chemical scrubbing system out of my um, combat vehicle so I could put a power inverter in a microwave because by god i'm gonna have a hot pocket <laughs> it's, i've never seen a madman with a hot pocket oh dude i was so angry and a 50 cal yeah <laughs> yeah and the boom right there um had hydraulics right underneath here drive like my fucking oh the interior yes we can get some more the interior let's see if we can get some more images See, that's the A2, because you can tell because it has side skirts, because we kept getting blown up, and it has a uh, auxiliary winch. You pay the little winch out, and then you loop it through your rigging to pull the big-ass winch out. We found that out after, you know, it sucked recovering shit. I'm going to try to get a bigger picture of that. Yeah, is this them uh, trying to find something better? They had one of them lifting. A... Oh, right there. That's That's how you drive up on it. Oh, it didn't do it this time. Oh, yeah. That's the side door that you crawl into. That thing weighed about 100 pounds and whacked the shit out of you. Oh, look at that muffin. It's got a pinnel. 
Yeah, that's how we do 90% of our towing is on the pinnel on the back there. And uh, I stole or tactically acquired a deep water boarding <laughs> kit for mine um, from the Marine Corps. Um, Simplify. <laughs> and I put the exhaust, the deep water fording kit on it is just stacks. Like a semi. It had stacks and flappers. And what happens is it gets the exhaust out of the way because on the back, all you had was the exhaust and the heat from the engine. That thing is a, mine was a V12 air-cooled diesel motor. It had jugs like a Volkswagen, <laughs> but they were about that big. And you could start it. You, we replace a pack and you'd start it. And you can hear the jugs blow. You're like, poof, lost three right there. You just lose three fucking cylinders. <laughs> Holy shit. That was it. That's like, hey, that sounds like something the muffins do. He's like, you can put stacks on a tank? I'm there. I'm there. M1 Abrams. That's, that's they can put right stacks there. on it. <laughs> well, we only used half of the kit because we didn't, you know, you could put like the deep water fordings for the air intake for the motor, but, you know, it doesn't look cool. So we just put the exhaust on. Let's see if we can find the interior. Um, ex- exit out of that one. Yeah, I realize that. I see that now. This is like my first time. Okay, be gentle. Jesus. <laughs> and I'm not an accountant, so I can't even like, like type and not look. Oh yes. <laughs> oh, this brings back horrifying memories. <laughs> okay, this must be a model right here. That. Oh, do you want me to bring it? Yeah, bring that one up. Cause right, see if I can. <laughs> Yeah, it's a toy model, but it's uh, pretty accurate looking. Oh, it's not going to give me a big picture, is it? That's big enough. <laughs> if you need to get closer. That right there, that's where your winch line for that thing that folds forward, that's where your winch line goes in. Underneath your floor is where your winch is for your hoisting ability. So, like, if something came loose, it's coming through you. It, yeah, yeah, my legs are gone <laughs> because that seat... Was never in any 88 I've ever seen. That that got unbolted and thrown in the Connex, never to be seen again. <laughs> <laughs> Along with that seat for the mechanic, which, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and that seat got taken out because that's where I slept. The driver right here. Yeah, those things. Yeah, those fucking went away. But the driver um, would sleep on this side behind him, behind his uh, driving area. And then I would sleep on that side by the radios because I was a tank commander. So I had four radios. I had my... Are you okay over there? We're trying to have a conversation. <laughs> so I had four radios. I had my uh, my company net, which was when I was deployed, I was for 116 Infantry. So I'd have my company net, HHC, which we ran. HHC stands for Headquarters, Headquarters Company. It's where all the Pogues lived, people other than ground here. Your cooks, mechanics, um, S1, supply, uh, truck drivers, M88 guys, uh, and your fuel handlers, your ammo handlers. If you can think of a job on the outside, the Army has it. Right. Guaranteed. Everything from washer and dryer repairmen <laughs> to electricians, plumbers, truckers. And with the truckers, they specialize. They got the... They got the guys that just haul fuel. That's it. They they they're hazmat qualified. The guys that are up at uh, Great Falls, sorry, uh, Maelstrom. The guys that run the nukes and stuff around. 
they're all they're just truckers, straight up truckers. They drive the nuke from point A to point B, and then somebody else who deals with the nuke deals with the nuke. Right. They're they're just straight up fucking drivers. Like hook up, pull the kingpin, fucking drive out. That's and it. And same thing in the army is you had the the hazmat guys hauled fuel, ammo, you know, nuclear, whatever it was, and then you had the heavy haul guys, which were the um, it was called the super het. And it had a C-18 cat mm-hmm. <laughs> with a 17-speed Caterpillar transmission. Where do, the, I, where do I get one of these? Uh, DoveLiquidation.com. <laughs> Should not have told me that. <laughs> do, you have to be, do you have to be anything special to get on this website? Nope. Ooh. But that's they had that, and then they had what's called an M1000 trailer that had something like 100 tires on it and that's what hauled the the 88s and the m1 abrams and they could haul two bradleys at a time holy shit but now earlier because we had dinner before this uh when we were talking you said something about rolling this thing at 27 miles an hour oh oh my god i thought i was fucking f1 driver (laughs) (laughs) my 88 the 88 on paper only weighs like 65 tons, and that's horseshit. Only. Oh oh that, that, the, they say the M1 weighs less than 70, but maybe as it rolls off the assembly... Oh, yeah, these are all the levers. This is how you control all the winches and stuff. Squirrel. Yeah, Squirrel. <laughs> that is my three-speed shifter right there for my driver. You put one, two, three, reverse. That's all you had. So, like, granny, first, slightly faster than first? Uh, slightly. Yep. Slightly, no, not not slightly faster. Slightly lower RPMs, <laughs> and then third was slightly lower RPMs after you've shifted. It had an automatic transmission in it. Oh, that weighed as much as your semi. Holy wow. shit! It was huge. The was clutches Al- in that thing. Was it an Allison? No, it was made by General Dynamics. General Dynamics Land Systems made the transmission on that thing, and you could rebuild it. With a third grade reading aptitude, <laughs> four sockets, a crescent wrench, a hammer, and a punch. I love crescent hammers. Yes. Crescent hammers are my favorite. But all of these, I mean, these are hoists up, hoist down, boom up, boom down. You know, everybody thought they were like, oh, everybody wanted to drive the 88. And I'm like, why? God, this thing sucks. It, ro- it ride ho- rode horribly. <laughs> Not a tank. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you got it up into third high and you were rolling around about 27 miles an hour, that thing would just float. Just, But you had to try to get there? Yeah, it took a minute. <laughs> <laughs> if there was a hill coming up, it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> You'd go up there and you would be in first gear just balled out, you know, 2200 RPM, just... <laughs> Moving about that fast, and the dude, the dude with the sheet is walking. The dude with the donkey is walking by you faster than. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that that's I lived in over here is the uh, that's my ammo rack right under there. See those bottles right there? Yep. That's right. my halon system. That's my fire extinguisher system, which it only thing it did was removed the oxygen <laughs> from the area. And when that thing went off, accidentally, you would come out blue because it would remove all of your oxygen, too. Fuck. So yeah. How does that work, then? 
no, I mean, what's the point of the system that if you have to be in there? Oh, with it? Uh, that is very expensive, and I am cheap. Oh, okay. So it's cheaper to, to kill you off than, yes, to. <laughs> than to actually break a piece of equipment. I got you. okay. So you know, I'm I'm expendable at that point. But God, getting one of those is like months <laughs> and like congressional audits and shit like that. It's a one time payment to get a new one of me. Right, it's way easier. Some guy at a high school. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah we, we lost the tank driver. We need a new one. Uh, you can take the ASVAB or you can take the SATs. Tell me more about this ASVAB. <laughs> <laughs> there I was in Butte, Montana, going. You want to see my butthole? <laughs> I just met you, and you're like ninety. Well, fuck me, right? <laughs> that came later. <laughs> sure. But yeah, the 88, I lived in one of those for almost six years. Because when I, I joined the military in 1999 in the delayed entry program, went to the recruiter, and they're like, what do you want to be? And I said, I want to be a mechanic. And they said, oh, excellent. What kind of mechanic? I said, I want to be a track vehicle mechanic. And they said, have you heard about the M1s? I was like, no, I don't want to work on M1s. <laughs> like, well, what do you want to work on? I was like, I want to work on, like, bulldozers, you know, tracked vehicles, shit like that. And they're like, yeah, cool, no problem. They pulled it up, and it was a 63 Yankee was the uh, nomenclature for it. it. They got rid of it, and they call it something else now. But the 63 Yankee was a track vehicle repairer. I worked on everything from um, AVLBs, armored vehicle launch bridges, those things that look like a tank but have a bridge on top. Yep. And they, like, swing it out and go over the tank ditches, and they drive over it and shit like that. I worked on those. I worked on... Um, it was called engineering equipment. Everything, the combat engineers or the horizontal engineers, they would use bulldozers, graders, shit like that. Um, I worked on all that stuff. The M9 Ace, uh, you should you should pull up an M9 Ace. <laughs> yeah, let's see what we find on these. That was the, the, the one of the fuckings the Marine Corps gave <laughs> the Army. <laughs> this is where I learned hydraulics from. Yes. Yeah, oh, that's a good picture right there. Yeah, driving right. through stuff. Yes. Driving through the stuff. <laughs> Let's see if we can pull it up. Yeah. But M9 Armored Combat Earth Mover. Yes. That thing has 290 miles of hydraulic lines in it. Wow. Really? Because the suspension is hydraulically controlled at different points. That bowl right there, it can be a dozer, or it can open that up, and it can fill the... Oh, can you go, go back? back? Yeah, let me see if I can go back. This goes up, the dozer blade, and then it becomes a scraper where you just drive into it and it fills the spoil bowl here, and then you put it back down, and then you take it somewhere and you dump it out. But you couldn't dump it out, so you had to use what's called the ejection door. <laughs> and you push a button or a lever, and this entire front part of the M9 Ace pushes all of that dirt you scooped up, completely inefficient. And it's... <laughs> poops it out in front of it, and then it'll push it and smooth it out. One person is this entire crew on this thing. It had a Detroit 8V92 Silver screaming, turbocharged and supercharged two-stroke diesel motor backed up by... I want to say an Allison, but I'm not 100% on that one. What what kind of doors does it have on it? 
Any, doors. Any doors on it? No. Oh. See that thing that guy's poking his head out of? Right. Yeah, when you're getting shot at, you uh, flip that down, and that is your viewing port. Well, I was just trying to figure <laughs> out if there's anywhere you can slam your hand into so you get pissed <laughs> off to run it. Oh. No. Yeah. No, no, you just lose your hand. You lose all your fingers. Everything on here is heavy and wants to kill you. Oh, okay. Yeah, but the suspension, you could sit flat or in a digging position for a fighting position. You could drop the front and lift up the back like a low rider so you could dig better. Or <laughs> you could dig to the side or you could dig to the other side or you could pop it up like this and do something I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but when I was in the 54th Combat Engineer Unit out of Bamberg, Germany, I was there for two years right out of AIT and basic training. We learned that... We could put people in here, <laughs> and it became a mobile fighting position because this is not aluminum. This is metal. This is steel, and you put a 240 Bravo in the front here and a couple of saws off to the side, and you get what's called a pissed-off porcupine position, <laughs> and just poking out of everywhere. It was absolutely the worst piece of equipment <laughs> The Marine Corps developed this as a breaching vehicle to get through obstacles on beaches and shit like that. And they found out it sucked, <laughs> so they sold it to the Army. And we bought it. Like, all of it. <laughs> Gotta have it. Gotta... You're coming home. Oh. That, it, it would be funny because as a young private that didn't know anything, you'd go out on the line and like, that's leaking. It's like, oh, good, it's got fluid in it. <laughs> like it's leaking a lot. I was like, yeah, that's fine. It's got like a three hundred gallon tank. We'll be all right. <laughs> it was horrible. I hated that thing. But that's where I learned hydraulics on it because it had nine, nine or ten different pumps. It had solenoid valves. It had, I mean, you want to talk about a pilot control system that was just the engineer that developed this. His wife had an affair with somebody in the military, and he was like, "Fuck every mechanic that has to deal with this thing." You're either, gonna, that thing. you're either going to get good or you're going to go off yourself. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. You're going to suck start a shotgun or, you know, <laughs> kickstart a landmine. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I learned on. Then I learned on AVLBs, I had, you know, dozers. Cat was the big one when I was in. When I was getting out, they were starting to transfer over to John Deere equipment for some reason. I don't know. But yeah, <clears> then uh, pull up a super hat. A super hat. Super H-E-T-T. And the other one is going to be the M1000 trailer. That way? Yep. <laughs> that is the super hat. That's, that's a super hat with an 88 on it. What's this guy got on it? Uh, an LAV. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he sucks. Oh, yeah. Look at that big, beautiful bitch. Every axle drives. What are those trucks? Are they Oshkosh? Yes, Oshkosh, uh, Oshkosh military branch. But this hood, I mean, that's all motor. Hmm. That that is your C eighteen. The first one they did with it was a twelve uh, V Detroit, a twelve cylinder Detroit. Um, that was dual turbocharged and supercharged, two stroke Detroit. Uh, I mean, you'd put that thing at, like, 5,000 RPM, and it would just, <laughs> just scream. How do we get our hands on one of those? Uh, they go for about $10,000 oh. on uh, GovLiquidation.com. That's, that's not even that bad. We're looking for a sponsorship, if anybody... Yeah. 
But then, yeah, that every every axle drives. So it's a one, two, three, four. It's a eight by eight, pretty much. Super singles all the way around. Fuck the yeah. Max the gross vehicle weight rating on that thing. Just the tractor was like a hundred and ten thousand pounds. The combined gross vehicle weight rating on that thing was like two hundred and something. Jesus. Yes. That's that's fucking load right there. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> it's pulling that. You, you can see the heat of the stack, but not really much smoke. I mean that that thing was just brutal. That one is a Detroit because the C18s are the <laughs> ones that have the more uh, molded hood. It's mm. more, and it says Oshkosh on the front. But that one has a one, two, five person cab in it. Definitely need one. Yes. Yeah. We, yeah we, I, the only problem is I have to pay Josh to fix a broken rocker arm. That's fine. <laughs> oh, that thing? It yeah. comes up? You can, you can do whatever you want. It's all right there. So you mean someone engineered that one way better than they engineered the yes, last thing? Yes, yes, yes. Um, I believe that that engineer's son actually went into that MOS to work on this, and he was like, yeah, I'm not going to fuck Steve. <laughs> so, he made that one correct. So his favorite son. Yeah. Oh, God. And the other one is the M1000 trailer. Okay, let's go. That's the thing that's behind it. We can just find trailer. Where's it at? M1000. Trailer specs. Ooh, there's really terrible. Got some toys. Yeah. (laughs) Did you get toys in the military? No. There's one. God, I want one of these. Oh, look, he's hauling another 88 because, you know, he has class. Oh, where the hell is that? Uh... Oh, there it is. Down. Oh. Yeah, it's just scrolling through there. there oh. Go. So this one, <clears throat> that neck is hydraulic. <clears throat> that neck is hydraulic. Those ramps are hydraulic. But see that right there? See how it's how really high? Every one of those axles right there, it's not an axle. It has a shaft that comes down, and it has two tires on each side. Right. So, the, And then the other side, so it's got four sets of tires on each run right there. Right. So each, I mean, each individual set can do whatever it needs to do. Yeah, it can. So when you go to load it, like the 88, the, the truckers, I mean, it's just like in the civilian side, the truckers... You know, where do you want it? What do you want to do? I'm just driving the fucker on, and then they chain it down and everything. It's just like right. CDL shit. But you get up there, see how high it is? That thing would be flat to the ground. Oh, wow. And if it wasn't, it would be angled like that, the whole trailer, and then they put the ramps down, and you just drive right up on top of it. Huh. And then it would, it would hydraulics would go back up, and you'd be level again. Well, that's cool. And on the uh, Super Het... It had two 50,000-pound winches on it. So you, if it was dead, see that right there? There's one of the winches on it. Yeah. So if it was dead, you'd take the winch over the roller and down the trailer, and you'd be able to pull up whatever onto it. A dead M1, a dead 88, whatever it was. How much shit did they fuck up dragging things onto trailers that weigh 66 tons? <laughs> all of it. Yeah. <laughs> all of it. Josh, like, it was a novel idea, but it didn't work at well, all. Well, it, it's just like the civilian side. The trucker didn't give a shit. 
<laughs> he dropped it off at the mechanic, and was like, "That's your problem now, chief." Just gets like turns it off, gets out, closes the door, and says, "Well, uh, the whole thing's fucked." You're welcome. Oh yeah, <laughs> that right there is a Hemet, a Hemet M nine M nine eight eight or nine seven seven. It's just a cargo. You do cargo. It's got an eight V ninety two silver Detroit. God, they love Detroit, don't they? Oh yeah, hard, and, hard to kill. Uh yeah, that one took an IED. You can tell because this side's dead. And this is unarmored. This is what we rode in. I mean, there's no armor whatsoever. That is, you know, maybe 16-gauge aluminum. Oh, wow. For the outer door covering. and That giant hole that went through it. And then that whole side of the motor's missing. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what it looks like after an ID blows it up. So speaking of no armor, what did you say... Uh Say a welder from North Dakota? Yeah, we had a welder from North Dakota whose dad was a welder um, out of, like, the Bismarck, Minot area, I think. And he he joined the Army um, post-9-11. And he was like, hey, he went to the recruiter. The recruiter was like, you should be infantry. And he was like, fuck no, I'm not going to be infantry. He's <laughs> like, why? And he's like, well, I want to be a welder because I already am a welder. So he went through basic training, went to AIT. And he was like, hey, I already know how to weld. So... The instructor's like, okay, yeah, whatever. And he graduated, he graduated the nine-week AIT in four and a half days. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Holy he, like, shit. tested out. Right. He was just, I mean, he was doing, you know, 6G, MIG, ARC, TIG. And he's, then, like, he's like, I know what I'm talking, I know more than you. And the instructor's like, I've heard that before. And he's like, no, sit back. I got a, per- I got a permit. And he, he, got, uh, he got sent to first ID. <clears throat> um, we got him. And to say we got him in may brand new private just like you know terrified looking and then because he went to hha he was a pogue too so we had the welders we had the machinists right you know everybody and he came to us and they didn't know where to put him so they're like let's put him in recovery like why the fuck can you put him in recovery because you guys have oxygen acetylene bottles on your 88s like, oh, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. you, you can well, but we found an oxygen bottle over here. Yeah, yeah that looks like your equipment. We put you in the med bay because they have oxygen. <laughs> we actually stole oxygen from them because we couldn't find any. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so we got him, and we got over there, and... Allegedly. Allegedly, <laughs> yeah, allegedly. Oh, oh, no, statute of limitations is over. We stole that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we, 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 yeah, that's a story. Uh, but then, uh, so we get him and we get warning orders and they're like, hey, you're going to Iraq. And we're like, okay, fuck. So we go we get our shit ready. We pack it. And um, one of the guys I was with, Barrett, he shows up one day when we're loading our conics to go to Iraq. And he has this duffel bag that's probably six feet long. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? He goes, I bought every roll of Charmin's I could find. <laughs> Like, dude, what are you talking about? It's like, my uncle was in Vietnam, and he told me I needed to bring toilet paper. <laughs> that was the currency. <laughs> How many sheets do you want? Of, con- of Camp Aramadi in Iraq. <laughs> so you mean before COVID, you guys were already using toilet paper as... Uh, currency, yes. <laughs> we, we, the, the two-ply became one-ply because it got really, really scarce. <laughs> and we just got tired of our buttholes bleeding. <laughs> Because the sand gets in there, the sweat gets in there, and it's just not a good deal. 
Right. No so, showers, no... Yeah, no running water. I built our first shower on our camp out of a radiator, <laughs> two 24-volt fuel pumps, a piece of hose, a torpedo heater, and a gravity-fed um, overflow tank. <laughs> yes, it and, was a thing of beauty. And they were lined up for 200 meters to come and stand underneath a hose that looked like a cow pissing on a flat rock. <laughs> Because but it was just, better than nothing. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, I mean, the first time we ever got clean. The, the water, questionable. <laughs> but it was better than, still better than nothing. Yes. Where did you get the water? Spraying down with N.A. Bush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll roll into that next about the N.A. Bush. Um, the water came from a Roku unit. Um, it was a water purification unit. You remember the, sh- the movie In the Army Now with Polly Shore? where he goes and he uh, becomes a water purification specialist, and he's like, they'll never deploy, and then there's a, a conflict in the Middle East, and they need water. I think I've seen it. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> we had a rope unit that was right off the Euphrates River, and even after they treated it, it was not fit for drinking, <laughs> brushing your teeth, <laughs> or anything that you would do use to ingest it. We couldn't do that with it because they still couldn't clean it. They went from – they took the water out, went through a ropu unit, put it in another ropu unit, and still couldn't get it clean enough to drink. So you mean like washing your butthole was literally almost crossing the line of still too dirty to use? Yes. <laughs> yes. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was bad. But, yeah, we got that. And But the the welder, he came in, and we went over there – and we took our green vehicles to a desert environment, which camouflaged perfectly. <laughs> and what ended up happening is we kept getting hit by IEDs and stuff. And some of our stuff was soft skin, like fabric doors. So he came up with what was called hillbilly armor. You could probably look that up. Uh, Iraq hillbilly armor. And he was like, hey, if you find me some metal, I can make this stuff. So we'd go out on a mission and we'd like we do a mission in the rail yard and we'd find like sheets of metal and we'd load them up and take them back and is there any good ones yeah right there that's a that's a helmet with hillbilly armor on it that's a five ton with hillbilly armor on it i mean it's just plated steel to hope that whatever he could cut and weld and make yeah, that was it. You guys could figure out what to use your oxyacetylene bottles yep. for. And he actually, he see, I wrapped 2004, and he was the first one to actually do that to the hillbilly armor. And they're just plating on everything, just random plates. just Yeah, and it was the best we could do to have us not die. See, that stuff, That that is a... Um, that is an add-on armor unit that they um, somebody made billions of dollars <laughs> developing because that's all nice and pretty and stuff, and it's got like glass in it. And yeah, that was uh, that was a government contractor that took his idea and was like, "I can sell this back to the military and make billions." And he did. And he's sitting there going, "I'm just doing it to stay alive." Yeah. Yeah, we would uh, we would tactically reacquire any any metal that we could. Tactically reacquire. Well, and, yes. and would you would you say previously not even just metal, just vehicles, anything? <laughs> we couldn't get parts. So you know, tires. It's 120 degrees outside. 
and they had asphalt was everywhere. They had no concrete. It was all asphalt. And it got so hot that the, the, the road would bubble and you would just, it was like throwing oil everywhere. And a set of tires maybe would last a couple weeks. And that's not even counting like getting hit by an IED like that five ton did and getting parts and stuff like that. So what we ended up doing was we um, tactically reacquired first <laughs> the, the chaplain's truck because, you know, he's a chaplain. He doesn't need to go anywhere. <laughs> I mean, he went to church twice a week and he didn't need a ride. He could I mean, walk. We didn't have AC anyway, so yeah. it didn't matter. So we brought his down to the chop shop. I mean, <laughs> the, uh, the vehicle maintenance area. <laughs> the chop shop. And by morning, that thing was a frame that was being cut up by a demo saw because we didn't have anywhere to put the frames that we had. <laughs> so, like, the only part you didn't need was the frame. So, it, well, it, we kept a couple of frames for, like, when, you know, an EFP went through a frame and fucked up a frame. we do a frame swap or whatever on it. But, you know, after you steal all the chaplain's trucks on post, <laughs> you know, you kind of run out. Right. <laughs> so, we started going to this place called TQ, which was by the lake that I almost got hypothermia driving by when it was 120. Um, <laughs> we started going there, and me and a couple of my buddies, we would go in... And we would be a passenger, and they'd drop us off. And then we would go to the chow hall, and we'd wait for the Seabees, the <laughs> uh, Navy's construction <laughs> battalion, yeah. to show up because they didn't have weapons. They didn't have radios. They didn't have anything that would lock the base down or, you know, sensitive item items. They didn't have nods or anything like that. We, we did. I mean, they had, I think they had a nine mil. So they'd go into the chow hall, and they'd have all their sensitive items on them. And, you know, they'd, they'd put the little loop through the steering wheel and put their padlock on it. And we'd wait for them to go in, and then we'd show up, and we'd dismantle it because we were mechanics. And then we would steal their trucks and go back to our staging area, which was usually on the other side of TQ. And we'd show up with the LT, and he's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? I was like, oh, we need these parts. And they're like, okay, I'll go put you on the trip ticket. And he'd go back in the little hut and be like, I got four more vehicles I need to add. What are those? You know, the bumper numbers, everything, everything in the military has a bumper number on it. You know, it tells you who you're with. Yeah. And we had a set of stencils, so we (laughs) (laughs) repainted all of them. (laughs) And then we'd show back up at our place and we'd go to the um, maintenance area. (coughs) The chop shop. Yeah. And I mean, these guys were better than, you know, South Central. I mean, so you're, I mean, you're like, you guys literally like this bumper number only has to matter to get me on a manifest and then I'm done. Yep. Like we're home. It's gone. That bumper doesn't exist anymore. Oh, it did. It was or- <laughs> the Connex and the rafters. <laughs> but by the time it was there, it was repainted blank. Mm. So it didn't matter. The, yeah. C- the CBs come out and Josh is leaning on a rail, you know, sitting there and they're like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just, All right, Johnny. oh, that's the wrong one. I just want to take some pictures. <laughs> yeah, about that. They're like, okay, see you later. Yeah, we uh, we do that. We did that for a while. I wanted a reason to hit my button. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, sure. We never, like, stole any Bradleys or anything because... Could you steal they, one? They kind of needed them, or... Oh, yeah, you can steal a military vehicle like that. No, no, I mean, I mean, what was, I the, mean, what was the purpose of not stealing one? Oh, it had a 25-millimeter uh, Bushmaster and two tow rockets on it, so... They kind of got more pissed if you stole that. Oh, like like there was items you may have to actually report 
Yeah, yeah. If you lose a tow rocket, <laughs> they tend to get pissed. Right. I mean, you know. It's not like a Humvee. You're like, I don't know. I left the keys in the ignition, and I came back out. It was gone. Yeah. You know, Humvees, five tons, shit like that. I mean, it wasn't my problem because I wasn't in the Navy. <laughs> I'm sure there was some captain or something got his ass chewed somewhere, but I didn't care. It wasn't my problem. <laughs> but then the Seabees came over to my camp to build us um a place to live and that was hard because they walked everywhere (laughs) because they were down to like four trucks that we hadn't stolen yet so yeah that was difficult i felt bad for them did you really though no because (laughs) they built these i mean they cbs best construction guys out there i mean these guys Knew what they, I mean, they went from, they set, they, they did footings made out of uh, cinder blocks. They made all these nice little hooches with bunk beds and an AC, and it was plywood, and there was windows, and we said we're not moving into it, and they said why, and then we got ordered to move into it, and we said no, and then it got hit by mortars, and it all burned down. <laughs> were they your mortars or enemy mortars? En- enemy mortars. <laughs> well, if you build something big and beautiful... They're going to want to shoot at it. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. So we weren't moving into that because I didn't want to die. Sleeping. Yes. Speaking of mortars. Yeah. 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 Let's, let's hear your mortar story. Which one? The bra and panties. Oh. <laughs> We're just going to kind of roll through my list we came up with at dinner as we, as we get to, you know, points. So like month seven, eight. Whatever. At what um, point was your give a fuck button completely gone? Four. Well, you just did, there we go. <laughs> four. 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 Four hours or? No, month four. Oh, okay, month four. At, by month four, I was not here to liberate a country. I was here to bring my ass home and all my guys. Hmm. And my humor had been destroyed because of all of the loss we've had already. And I didn't fucking care. Right. So, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to send you to Iraq? You're going to send me to Iraq and bend my dog tag? Right. And, no, you have absolutely nothing. You, ooh, you're going to make me burn shit. I already do that. Right. Didn't you say the, what is it, the, the brigade had AC? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the brigade, they had AC, they had showers. So they're lucky that they didn't have to lock all you up. Yeah, they were, they, they, they didn't come to us because for their own safety. Right. <laughs> well, we'll get into that one next. What about the... Uh, uh, the- so I got bored one day. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my buddy Murray... Um, he showed up with the brown panties. I was like, I bet you won't dock, walk down to the mortar pits with his brown panties on. I was like, fucking bet. <laughs> so, you know, my ass, I had, you know, it was, it was pretty decent shit. I got a, I got a healthy B cup. <laughs> <laughs> and so I put it on and I got, you know, tan lines, just pitch white. And I had these panties on that were like four sizes too big. My ass ate it. And then I had, you know, one of the boys each spilling out the other side. And I had my boots laced up. I had my blouser. My boots, my boot blousers were on. That way it wasn't gay. <laughs> had my weapon. I just went for a walk. And I walked from uh, my hooch where I lived down to the mortar pit. And... Like, the Sergeant Major saw me. He's like, nope. <laughs> Don't even want to know. Nope. Not today, Satan. <laughs> no. And nobody, like, batted a fucking eye. They were just like, Skidmore done lost his shit. <laughs> and that was it. Like, I walked down there, played a game of spades. Nobody said shit. 
and I walked back, and it was, it was a Tuesday. I mean, it was like, <laughs> like that everyone's in that mode. Like it's, oh, it's yeah. yeah, no one really. Everybody hits your breaking point at some point, and it's something that's going to set you off. The uh, we had a we had the scouts was a sniper, and he had a fifty cal sniper rifle. Um, I think it was an A two BMG. It was the one with the magazine fed on the bottom, and we had called a prayer five times a day. Five times a day, <laughs> from this loudspeaker. No, I mean, that's, that's like on base. Or? No, that's just from the surrounding towns. Oh, okay, gotcha. and it you know it's the Islamic call to prayer. Right, and it was weird because I was in the motor pool one day. I, I was actually working, and you see the scout walk past with his fifty, and he's going to the uh, the one of our observation points uh, tower, and I'm like, huh, I must have got a call for something. He walks over there, gets up on the berm, puts it down, he sights it in. You just hear one round, and then it stopped. The, the call to prayer ended, and he cleared the weapon, and he got back up, and he walked back down to the scout area, and we were just like, hmm. And we just went back to work. That was his breaking point was, I can't listen to this shit anymore. Right. And he shot the speaker. And that was it? Yep. Were you all thankful? Uh... Yeah, we thought maybe he could have used something larger. But <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't you say they didn't allow him to use anymore? Uh, he wasn't allowed in the um, the gunner operations of the Abrams or the <laughs> M2 Bradley because yeah. they were afraid he was going to shoot like a toe or the 25 Mike Mike at it. Yeah. Because. And just eliminate the whole thing. Just get rid of the whole problem. Yeah. Uh, when we were there, we had three things to our ROE. This is 2003, 2004, mind you, okay? Yeah. Like. Shit's Western still. Right. This is not 2017, 2018 where shit got stupid. This was 03, 04. It was my life or coalition forces life. I could kill you. Um, government property. Like, if you're going to blow something up, try to steal something, I could kill you. Like, is it everything costs more than a human life? They're going to save it. Yes. Yeah. It's so hard to get stuff over there. Right. Like, it, it, yeah, it was bad. And then civilian life. If we see you, like, walking up and you're going to kill... Innocent people, we can, you know, kill you first because whatever. But that was the ROE. And, you know, 2016, 2017, 2018, it came to like five pages of stuff where they weren't allowed to do things. And a lot of guys were so terrified to pull the trigger because, okay, if I actually defend myself, I'm going to have to go and answer to the judge, advocate general, the lawyers, and I could go to Leavenworth for the rest of my life. Right. Like, it's, it's like, criminal to then... Yes. You're no longer, like, a military force. You are, like, people... Peacekeepers. Yeah. A big army was never meant to be a peacekeeper. Right. You don't unleash the 1st Infantry Division, the 82nd Airborne, the 1st Marine Expeditionary Unit to win hearts and minds. You take over land masses with us. Right. And keep them. <clears throat> If you want hearts and minds, you bring somebody else in, like the Air Force, to talk about your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, you guys rolled in there, you'd clear your building, and it was yours. You yes. would say, that's mine. I'm uh, taking it. Dibs. Dib. Dib. <laughs> I sleep here now. Right. Ooh, the teapot's still hot. <laughs> um, speaking of breaking point, you said that Anheuser-Busch could get you guys. Oh, uh, shout out to Anheuser-Busch. I blame you for my alcoholism. <laughs> um, Anheuser-Busch, 2003, 2004, we couldn't get water, obviously. Um, 
we couldn't shower personal hygiene and we couldn't get food. We were down to like one MRE a day. And then it was like one MRE for every two days. We ammo was scarce. We were taking belt fed, uh, two, four, nine saw ammo, which was five, five, six. We were breaking the belts down for our M4, M4s and M16s. Like we didn't have bulk ammo. Right. But Anheuser-Busch could magically get a refrigerated Connex of near beer and a um, Budweiser, Bud Light, and St. Pauli's Grill. This stuff, I mean, we had a medic do the do the math. It had alcohol in it. It did. Right, but not. Yeah, he did the math, and we would go into kidney failure, renal failure, before we actually got a buzz. And Josh was like, challenge accepted. Oh, we tried. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we tried so hard. But... Um, we couldn't get any of the basic stuff to actually continue our mission, but somehow Anheuser-Busch got us near beer. So what happens when something bad happens to you? You go to the near beer truck, you grab a case of beer, free, take it back to your hooch, and you drink it. What do you think 390-some people did when we got back to the States? They took our weapons from us and told us, okay, boys, welcome back to America. And it's not the country you left. No. We, uh, we all got depressed. And we all went to the Class 6 Shopette, which is the alcohol store on post, and we bought Budweiser. You couldn't find Budweiser on Fort Riley, Kansas, when we returned, because we drank it all. And you got buzzed. <laughs> oh, we got so buzzed. We had such a problem that it had to come down that they had to enforce General Order number 1, which was no drinking, to a bunch of infantry guys and pokes. To not do that anymore because the MPs were scared of us. <laughs> There's a lot of people scared of you. Yes. Well, <laughs> after you leave a combat zone and you're <laughs> 10 foot tall, bulletproof, you piss vinegar, shit razor wire, you know, and then you look at all these other people, which we called them slick sleeves. They didn't have a combat patch. And we rotated between three. Yeah. Had the first ID, 82nd Airborne, and the first, uh, first Marine Expedition Unit because those are the guys we were attached to. And we got to wear their patches. And you got a slick sleeve PFC E3 looking at you going, you you guys should turn the music down and not drink so much. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? <laughs> Josh is like, I will end you. Yeah. All it takes is a flick. Oh, dude. <laughs> Josh is like, I've kick-started a landmine and I've lived, so you might want to step aside. Yeah, Murray found the landmine. <laughs> but <laughs> the, uh, you know, like now everybody's like, oh, gays in the military, shit like that. We had gays in the military back in 2000, 2003, 2004. If you did your job, we didn't care if you put a wiener in your mouth. <laughs> right. Okay? Didn't care. We had we had gays, and they did their job. We knew they were gay. They, you know, they didn't bring people back to the barracks. They did their own thing. But if you had a one first ID patch on you, you were ours. We claimed you. <laughs> and so what happened was 1st Armored Division on Fort Riley... Um, actually, like, baited, I think it was three of our gays, into going <laughs> over there to meet up with somebody thinking they were going to hook up. And then they started, hey, and then and then they started beating them up. So one of them got a call to us. I think he called the, the CQ or the staff duty and was like, hey, we're getting rolled over here. So all Alpha Bravo, Alpha Company, Bravo Company, Charlie Company, and HHC got the call 
they called they called from the staff duty, which is our battalion headquarters, to our CQs for every company change of quarters, and they got all of us, and we went down to first ID, first eighty, and um, rocked their shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I vividly remember this because one of my friends was curb stomping this guy allegedly. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Curb stomping this dude. There are faggots. Don't fuck with them. And then we collected up our gays and we went back to our barracks. MPs got called and nothing ever happened. What are you going to do? Are you going to prosecute an entire battalion? Right. That just beat the shit out of another one? Yeah. Like, literally. Like, it was like a gang war and they're sitting there going, oh. Yeah. But after that, nobody fucked with their gays. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, and that you know, that's like everybody's like, "Oh my god, you're a Christian conservative. You don't like gays?" Like, hell no, dude. I'll go to their weddings. Like, who cares? I don't give a shit. Josh, like, I don't care what you do in the bedroom. Like, no, that's between you and as long as it is not a child and it's two consensual adults. Have at her. <laughs> I do or not care. Him. Have it him. Yeah, have him. It. Yes. <laughs> Josh, right. like 2022. <laughs> Josh, like you've seen where I've been. That is the least of my fucking worries. Oh, dude, I don't give a shit. But these guys, I mean, these are, they all had combat patches. They all they all served over there with us. Um, so you're not going to take anything from them just because they're gay. No, they they did their jobs well. They just happened to like dick, <laughs> right? And I didn't care, right? I mean, but what about donkeys? Oh. <sighs> <laughs> So, one day, a guy named Wells, he was Alpha Company's uh, mechanic, and he uh, he was up in the tower one day, and he had the uh, Flutter unit, forward-looking infrared radar. It was a targeting system for the tow missiles. Because, like, now everybody has Flur, Nod, stuff like that. I mean, you can go shoot coyotes with a $1,200 Flur. Right. Back in 0304, not the case. So we had this flurry unit that we used to target um, tow missiles. And, you know, he's up there in the tower and he's watching. And right on the other side of the berm um, is where all the people that brought our stuff in. We had local nationals. Right. LNs, truck drivers. They couldn't come on post or onto our base until they sat there for two, three days to make sure they didn't blow up. (laughs) And he's looking through, and I forget what time it is. I was not there. This is all what he was told by to me by and he's up there he's watching and he watches this um ln local national haji whatever and he um showed up with a donkey we don't know if he brought the donkey (laughs) or if the donkey was caught but we don't remember seeing a donkey near post and um the donkey was pushed between the rear set of duels headfirst um of his (laughs) tractor and then he put a stool down, and then, as Wells put it, he flipped his man dress up and the donkey's tail up, and he hashtag me too <laughs> Now, this came down. It was, uh, it was evidently radioed in that a donkey was being sexually assaulted, essayed. Sorry. <laughs> um, by a local national, and we didn't know what to do. Um, so we went and rolled him up and took him to the bed and breakfast, and then 
we brought the donkey in for I don't know fucking moral support. Or like, <laughs> Questioning. Life's yes. been <laughs> life's been fucking y'all. You might as well help the donkey. Yeah, I. That was the thing. Like that donkey, and like I had a cat uh, that a guy killed. It didn't end well. Um, it was just like a little bit of normalcy, like having a pet, right? And so this donkey, we brought it in. Sergeant Major uh, Sergeant Major Leggett, um told us to you know kill it because it had been raped. <laughs> But we'd grown fond of it, and so we kept it, not for the same purposes. <laughs> Josh is like, we haven't seen a woman in months. We could smell them. <laughs> uh, but so we brought this donkey, and we just kind of like had it as our mascot. We painted a big red one on the side of it, and then the Marines would steal it. God knows what they did to it over there. Um, but it was always happier when we stole it back. So <laughs> Marines are nasty. <laughs> but the Marines would steal it and then point a big point, paint a big blue one on it because they were the first Marines that had like a big blue one with Guadalcanal down the center of it. And then we'd go back over and we'd steal it back. And it was just kind of like a rivalry thing. But when we rotated back, I don't know what actually happened to the donkey. The donkey had free range of 1st Infantry Division's battalion area. Like, they could just let it roam. Yeah. It'd just show up and, you know, hang out. It'd hang out at the QRF point and, you know, we'd give it water and stuff and, Somebody came up with some food at some point. But, yeah, that was that. Josh is like, we may not make it home, but this donkey, donkey will live to see another day. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, it wasn't the donkey's fault. We felt, seriously, like a bunch of infantry guys, like, do we have to kill the donkey? Like, <laughs> right. should we, like, send it to therapy first? Like, <laughs> <laughs> kind of sucked to get raped and then die. Like. Right? Like, it, it was a male donkey, too. <laughs> that was fucked up part. <laughs> but, yeah, that was... That was one of the small humanities that we had in that country. Mm. Speaking of that, what about the, the little orphan kids? Mm. This is a good story. That's why I bring it. This one's like a positive, you know. So we had an orphanage. Um, in, it was not on post. It was downtown area. And uh, kids this, over there. Is this a building that you may or may not have stole? Oh, no. We fucking stole it. It, was <laughs> it may or may not. It, we owned that bitch. <laughs> It was the only one with power. We had it had generators. So you took it. Over. I mean, you just like yep. Now ours. Yeah, dibs. Yeah, okay. it didn't matter. We just took it. Right. I mean, we took whatever we wanted. I caused so much damage. Like, <laughs> we had a lieutenant that would walk around with like money and pay for shit that I ran over. In your M88. Yeah, like cars. Like, dude, I'm driving down a road and a little Hino truck is coming at me. I'm bigger than you. I'm not moving. <laughs> it's not like you got to worry about like your vehicle being damaged at all. No, no. Yeah, because then like the hood would get sucked up into the sprocket. It was kind of a bitch to get it out. You couldn't just put the blade down a little bit and no, no, you didn't want to do that because that was like an extra armor piece, and then it would like you didn't want to like push it out of the way. You just wanted it to stop. <laughs> so yeah, that's we did that a I few gotcha. times, and then there was like a lieutenant. Like, He's got to like pay for it. And, like cows, the same way. Um, Wait, did you say a cow? Uh, we didn't hit a cow. <laughs> we hit a flock of goats. <laughs> well, they would take dead goats and put them on the side of the road and put an ID in it. So we assumed everything wanted to kill us. And Everything's a walking bomb. Yeah, and so we would run it over, like any good. 
<laughs> so I mean, but you're in a vehicle that the IED isn't going to damage. Then, or? oh yeah, it would fuck me up. <laughs> but you're just gonna run it over anyway. Gold BB. <laughs> By month nine out of twelve, I was like, I am invincible. <laughs> Come 20, at me, bro. Twenty-seven miles an hour on a downhill. Oh, dude. They didn't know what to think of me because they couldn't see the main gun. They're like, what is that? They had no idea what I was because they could not see the main gun. They thought I was cooler than an M1. Right, because they didn't know what you could do. Nope. No Josh idea. is like, I can tow the fuck out of you. <laughs> oh, dude, I will recover the shit out of you. <laughs> I will, I will, dra- we'll get into the, that next. Let's go back to the orphanage because I okay. like that story. So the orphanage, uh, uh, all the kids, like, I mean, kids were displaced. I mean, young girls are, uh, they're less than humans. I mean, everybody wanted to take the first boy. The first male was the heir to the dad, you know, whatever. The girls were nothing. So we had this little orphanage set up, and we painted a big red one on the side because ours. (laughs) We painted fucking everything. We painted donkeys. (laughs) But, um, like, my mom would send over, like, coloring books and stuff. And then we take them to the orphanage, and, you know, it was just a place for the kids to hang out that was safe. And it got to the point where... We wanted to rotate through all of this, and people were actually fighting um, to go there and um, hang out with these kids because it was a little bit of humanity. A lot of us were husbands, fathers, you know, you lose your buddy, and then you want to go hang out with kids and fucking color Garfield or whatever. Right. And so we did that, and one day um, through the head shed, it was come down that they were going to send a v-bed a vehicle born ied which is i mean we call them bongo trucks they're like cab over mitsubishis or hinos with a bunch of propane tanks 155 shells artillery shells in the back of it it was just a giant rolling bomb so they told us it was coming down and we were at the 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 recovery guys would go to the qrf desk every day and be like hey what missions do we got and we'd get, like get a brief i had a security clearance but it was a mission specific security clearance i only knew my portion of what i was supposed to do right go out recover x or go out and prepare to recover there's an operation no unit specifics no idea i would get a generalization of the equipment so i could prep my crews be like okay we're recovering this that that whatever you know so here this stuff and our chief cw4 morvec was like hey this is what's going on. Watch out. They got V-Bits in the area. They're going to target the orphanage. I was like, okay, cool. Um, where do we borrow a tank? And he's like, okay, well, see if we can borrow a tank. This is before we beat up first AD, by the way. <laughs> we were still friends. But you wanted to borrow one instead of steal one. Oh, yeah. they, have, they have missiles on them. That's right. You got to borrow No, one. they didn't have missiles. They had oh. big, large... 155 millimeter smoothboard guns. They they tend to notice when those go missing. Right. <laughs> so you couldn't um, just steal one. Humvee, five tons. You just kind of write that shit off. Right. Like, you know, combat loss. You're like, oh, fuck. It was here. Now it's gone. Whatever. Not I'm sure those CBs stole somebody else's shit and just repainted the bumpers. <laughs> and it's somebody else's problem still to this day, probably. Some <laughs> staff are It's like, fuck, man. I got kicked out because goddamn fucking Humvee got stolen. <laughs> Sorry, boss. That was me. <laughs> but so this... Uh, V-Bad's going through, so they're like, hey, why don't you go, you know, see if you can work that out. So I went over to First Armor Division, talked to their recovery section. It's like, hey, need to borrow a tank. 
And they're like, okay, cool. Um, why? So I told him what's going on. I was like, well, we got a V-bed coming to the, uh, coming to the, uh, uh, orphanage and, you know, we won't, you know, we're going to fuck up the kids. And so they're like, okay, yeah, we can get two tanks. I was like, sweet. Uh, can you show me how to drive it, load it, shoot it? Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we're crewing this thing. I was like, okay, fine. Like, we know your history. We're not going to let you roll out of here with the <laughs> oh, tank. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we ended up getting two tanks, and they're set up out in front of this thing. And uh, the M1 has an AP unit, APU unit, auxiliary power unit, where the main engine doesn't have to run for the targeting system, the turret, all that stuff to still work. Right. So what happened was is they just sit there, and the tank's at AC, by the way. <laughs> Fucking pussies. <laughs> The tanker's motto is death before dismount. I mean, they pissed and shit in these things. They would not get out. Right. They they didn't. I mean, these were like the safest kids in the fucking world. Ish. You're right. <laughs> Any, anything can be destroyed with enough force. <laughs> but so anyway, so they're sitting there and this bongo truck, um, again, I wasn't there, just jumps this curb and starts heading towards the front door of the orphanage. And evidently these two tanks just go, they shoot 120 millimeter sable round and evidently it just disappeared and the two tanks just went and that was it just done another tuesday that's another tuesday yeah crisis averted oh yeah and nobody fucked with us i mean you didn't if you wanted to go and get your 72 virgins fuck with our kids right we will send you (laughs) right we will arrange the meeting post haste we don't. You, they will not find your dental records. Oh God, no! You're there was no gone. DNA. Just oh yeah, somebody showed up at the gate. Like oh, your tank shot my people. What person? What they look like? <laughs> Were they in a bongo truck? We didn't see them. <laughs> Can you show us where they used to be? Show us on the doll. Show us on the doll. <laughs> uh, what about playing nighttime soccer? Uh, we had a soccer field um, across the street from the uh, orphanage. And they would plant landmines in it, or try to. So the kids would go over there, and they'd play soccer, and then they'd blow up. Well, that's not nice. So, again, we tapped our scouts, and they would hang out there, and they needed training on, you know, unknown target, target acquisition, reporting, stuff like that. And they would go, and they would find these people. And you could tell when somebody's planting a landmine because they're digging a little hole, and they're putting a thing in there, and they're covering it back up, and then they just fall down. Right. <laughs> I mean, these guys are getting, like, real combat training, but, like, practice mode. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it, it was all legit. they call up and be like, hey, I got a military-age male digging a hole, planting something, blah, 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 this many meters, that stuff, blah, blah, blah. And you get... You get the, okay, you're green, and they fall down. Right. And that only happened maybe a dozen times, and then it stopped. A dozen. That's still a lot. A dozen times. Oh, yeah. But they finally learned not to fuck with the soccer field of the orphanage. Well, see, the thing is, they weren't really fucking with us. They were mad that these girls were getting educated. Right. So they hated their own people for learning what a giraffe was and how to do math right like living a life yeah like Like because they're a girl yes right and to us that's strange because we don't understand that because i have a daughter you have a daughter yeah and we're you know we tell them hey you could be president right you can do whatever the fuck you want yeah yeah 
and that doesn't happen there. You could be beat within doing an inch of your life and just be used to breed. Right. So, yeah, we, we took that kind of personal. Right, and you stopped it. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the thing. I mean, we'd have these kids cross back and forth, and we had one dude that was like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, probably almost 400 pounds, 2% body fat, Samoan, and he would hold a stop sign still on the pole, and he looked like a crossing guard. <laughs> And he would bend down, and he'd give little high fives when the kids went back and forth. When we left, we handed off the orphanage to 2ID. And they did the same thing. I have no idea if it's still there. I have never had confirmation of anybody saying, oh, yeah, that's there. I'm sure they, I'm sure a command went in that was like, oh, well, we have to give this back to the people so we can do what they want. And I'm sure it got fucked up. Right. Just because they can't have anything nice. Right. And they're girls. Yes. Like, the whole motto of that country is not right. No. Um, when we rolled in, it was weird because people would show up and they like had broken English and they'd say, Mr. Bush, you boss now? Um, no. No, you're free. No, Mr. Bush, you boss now. No, no, no. You're going to pick your own government. You're going to be free. So Mr. Bush, he leave Washington. He come to Baghdad, yeah? No, they did. They have no concept of freedom in 2003, 2004. I'm, I doubt they still do because right. they've had a dictator over them since biblical times. Well, and even freedom would allow things they don't want to happen anyways to happen. Yes. Like, uh, and freedom only goes so far. Right. They'd have to figure that out for themselves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They'd have to let the little girls go to school. Uh, look what happened after we left Afghanistan recently. We left Afghanistan, and there was women in college for the first time. There was women in elementary. There was women in government. As soon as we left and the Taliban took back over, gone. all those people disappeared. Right. They went to the bed and breakfast. Exactly. Well, no. <laughs> we had a bed and breakfast. They went somewhere else. But they weren't – they're not there anymore. They, they don't have the schools for the women. They don't have schools for the girl. The girls are now, you know, chained to the – Breeders again. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. They have one duty. Exactly. To have a first male-born son. That's it. And if you can't produce a male, they'll get somebody else. Right. When we went over there, we were told that we couldn't react to certain things because it is the way that they their their society was set up. Like child abuse here. You don't fuck with kids. Right. We were We were not supposed to interact or stop something like that. There's guys that were saying that they, you know, watched kids essayed and they were like, I can't do anything about that because that's just their society. And nobody in America now really understands what any of that even means. No. I mean, um, I mean, looking at like not to get political on the show, but I mean, looking at our current status that no one really knows what it means to not be free or to have things like that going on. No. um, When I I've been mostly in Middle Eastern countries and the people that want us to act like that don't fully understand what it is. Or that claim that we are living like that right now. Yes. Um, my wife drives. My daughter drives. My wife has her own bank account. My daughter has her own bank account. Right. You don't have that in Middle Eastern countries. You would tell your wife and daughter what? Um, in uh, Saudi Arabia... My wife would not be allowed to go out by herself, period. She would have to be escorted by a 
family mail. I mean, go to a doctor's appointment, go to the grocery store. Right. And they can't drive. So it's a different world. It is not. Yeah. I, uh, people that <clears throat> tell, you know, things like that. Have you been there? Go experience it and come back and tell me that I'm wrong. And everybody's like, well, I've been to Mexico. No, you've been to the resorts in Mexico. <laughs> right. Like, you've been to Cabo. There's there's a wall. You didn't leave the wall. You think yes. you know. You you don't. Well, I've been to Europe. Shit. <laughs> like I've traveled. No, you've traveled to where you were told to travel to. Yeah, you, you've traveled to places where the State Department says it's okay for you to travel. <laughs> right. Not right. to other places. Right. But, yeah, that's... So another one I got to get into because you were talking about dragging whatever the fuck you want. Uh-huh. The magnesium wheels. Mm. <laughs> first, Marine, first Marine Expeditionary Force had a general one star, two star, something like that. And I had my four radios. I had my company net, battalion net, division net, and battle space net where I could hear everybody else's shit. So I'm laying there i had i have to have the radios on at all times and every hour on the hour they do a radio check you know make sure everybody's radios are right so every hour a minimum i was waking up doing a radio check so my sleep schedule is absolute garbage so what we'd end up doing is not sleeping sit there and listen to the radio and we're listening to the radio one night and we you know hear the marines they take contact and it was probably some dude with a fucking AK popping off celebratory rounds. And they expended all of their ammunition. <laughs> when you hear the over the radio that they are black or Winchester, it means they are empty. Right. And um, next comes fixed bayonets. And we didn't have bayonets. <laughs> so they're trying to figure out how to get a resupply out there. And... Um, they tell me that one of the, the lav uh, light armored vehicle, it has like three wheels. It was like that thing we saw. Marine Corps version must have got little propellers so it can go off a ship. <laughs> and so it, they're like, hey, we got one disabled, blah, 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 blah. Very cool. So they, um, we hear, we first we hear that, you know, they're calling in Black and Winchester. So I get my driver up and I'm like, hey, let's start going to the gate. We're going to have to cover these fucks. And start up the ADA, get everything warmed up. I'm, you know, I put the belt into the 50, and I'm getting ready to go, and we're driving, putting towards the gate. And we didn't really run trip tickets on QRF. They kind of knew us. So, I mean, we just showed up, and our escort, and everybody else was like, well, where are you going? I was like, dude, we're going to have to go get these fuckers. They're like, well, okay, are you sure? I was like, dude, listen to the radio. And they're like, okay, yeah, right. So everybody else starts getting their shit on. I was like, we're going to have to go get these guys. And so... Sure shit, we hit the gate, and they're like, we need QRF. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> so we roll out there, and we hook up to this thing, and these Marines are just fucking, they're still popping off rounds. I'm not hearing any incoming pings, whistles, snaps, nothing like that. It's all outgoing. And I'm just like, what the fuck? I mean, we show up, and like, give me your mags. I'm like, what? And, like, I, I get up to, like, hook up the tow bar and shit, and, like, there's a Marine getting into my 50. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Get out of my truck. No, my my house, bitch. <laughs> You're like this is my ammo. Yeah, and we stole it from you, and now you don't get it back. <laughs> For <a> word, <laughs> but uh, so we hook up this thing. We hook up the tow bar, and like 
I didn't undo any drive shafts. I mean, you run tow truck. You're supposed to cage brakes, drive shafts out. I didn't do any of that. I it was still in park. This is towing and recovery. <laughs> towing and recovery Iraq style. Yeah. Um I hooked up to it and I get back up there and Murray's like, Hey, weird goes like I fucking go to drag this thing. And my idea didn't know it was behind us, like at all. But they have these magnesium rims and magnesium run flats. And the tires weren't turning. So they were just and it got flat. And then it hit the magnesium. <laughs> And then magnesium ignited. What am I going to do? Stop and put it out. I have one, like, 10-pound fire extinguisher. <laughs> right. I'm not going to do anything. You're like, I have a machine that will suck all the oxygen out of my body, but I cannot put out a fire. That's for my vehicle, not yours. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we, we drag this thing. It's on fire. Murray's like, hey, it's on fire. I'm like, yeah, I know it's on fire. Keep fucking going. I don't give a shit, dude. <laughs> and so we get there, and we, we knew where it was going, back to Snake Pit. So we go in there, and they have this giant door to cover the front of their thing and it wasn't open all the way so we hit it <laughs> dude we were just fucking pissed we were like, you're dumb i'm out here because you're stupid right and we chunked the tow bar off and you know some dude's fucking yelling at us and i'm like whatever so we just leave josh's and, like what are you going to do though yeah you know, send me to iraq whatever <laughs> And so we just leave, and we go back to ours. And by the time we get back there, it's already been, like, called in that we had destruction of government property. And my 05 battalion XO was like, hey, we can't do that again. I was like, hey, this is what happened. And I told him, and, and then chiefs there, like, chief, a chief of CW3, 4, or 5, um, they're in charge of, like, all the mechanics. Right. They are subject matter experts. They, like, can fix anything. If you walk, I'm just like, hey, uh, Chief, what's the torque specs on this uh, this Detroit? Okay, you're going to go one, three, five, seven, nine. You're going to do this, you do this, and they will know it. Like, they'll say, like, they're not only just in charge, but they actually can do the work. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like, they're smart. They're like right. way smarter than I am. It's not like most places where they're in charge, but they <laughs> really can't do anything. Yeah. But so Chief shows up and he's like, hey, what happened? And I'm like, hey, this is what happened. You know, we showed up and they were like still shooting at nothing, and I didn't want to get <laughs> shot, and like. When you hook up to stuff, when you have a large force like that, um, you can use white light because we own everything. Right. We're not worried about air power because they don't, you know, blew up their jets on minute one. They have no <laughs> helicopters. RPGs are an issue, but that's why you have 50 cals and everything else, and you suppress everything out to 100 meters or more. And I try to use white light. Oh, turn that shit off. Like, okay, I can use white light and be out of here in five minutes, or I can use my nods and slip on all of the spent ammunition on the ground and bust my ass and be out of here in 30 minutes. Like, nope, it's me. And the rule was that when I was on a call, no matter my rank, I was the highest-ranking person by position. I was a subject matter expert for that recovery, so I don't care if you have stars on your collar. I'm in charge here. Right, you're leading. Yeah, this is my this is my domain. As soon as we get back to the base, right, you're in charge again. Like you have to do your job, and they're to protect you to do your job. Yes, that's how it worked. Right, and everybody else understand it, understood that, except the Marines, <laughs> because raw or whatever. Right. <laughs> oh, dude, you know how to tell if somebody's a Marine? What? Don't worry, they'll tell you. <laughs> what it is. Kind of like a bull hauler. Yeah. <laughs> Haul cows. You can smell them too. <laughs> God, they got a smell about them. It sticks. Oh, yeah. You have to condemn the truck. You got to yeah. crush it. 
Well, yeah, that's... You bought one. What are you talking about? That's how I know. <laughs> I have to drive the fucker now, because... Never mind. No, we'll just get off that topic. <laughs> the guy very, that's going to fix expensive it... expensive topic. Well, the guy that's going to fix it sit across the table. I can't even... I don't want to make jokes. I don't want to run a risk. I don't have to work. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean. That's why we're just not going to say much on the topic. Speaking of that, what about your water rescue? If you're the most important guy, mm-hmm. when you said you you stripped down, you're like, I'm not doing this in armor. I'm fucking... Uh, oh, our drinking water? Yeah, when you said ah. you had to recover that. We, uh, we'd get a run from TQ once a week, and it had all of our water for a unit for the week. We got like two gallons a day. You could bathe with it. You could use it to heat up your MREs, or you could drink it and not die. So 99% of us drank it so we didn't die. Right. Um, hence, hygiene was shit, and we ate cold food for a long time. Actually, it wasn't cold. You just put it out in the sun for like five minutes, and it was hotter than anything. <laughs> so we get this call that, uh, I forget who it was. It was like Florida National Guard or somebody. Um, hit an IED. Rolled off, and it was our water. I was like, fuck. Because usually if something like that happens, and it's just like a truck, I do what's called an ABD, Abandon and Destroy, where I just, I set charges, I blow it up. If there's anything left, scouts will call in an artillery strike or the mortars. Oh, thank you, sir. Yep. So what happens, oh, sorry. No, you're good. So the water, it got blown off. Uh, it just went over the railroad tracks. It got hit by an IED, rolled off to the side, and it was a PLS, palletized loading system. It's one of those things that has a hook mm-hmm. that lowers down, and there's like a flat rack yep. that everything's ratchet strapped to, and they just pick the whole thing up. Yeah. It was that and a trailer. It's like farm sim. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want one of those. <laughs> It'd be great for hauling hay. <laughs> well, small squares. Yeah. yeah. Later. There's a few people with... Uh, Big, huge farms. They're, they're named farms and farm sim. I mean, they're they're massive. You know, these guys sit hours on their Xbox. And <laughs> so, <laughs> so water got blown up. So they're like, "Hey, you got to go bring it back." So I get there and I'm like, "Hey, can I just like blow this up?" And they're like, "No, we kind of need it. Like, they want okay. their water." Yeah. So I have to recover the conaxes that are on the back of these two things. So I have to, it was, I originally I went out there myself to recover it. I had to call back and get another 88. So when I'm on QRF, it's my 88. I leave, somebody else, whatever they're doing, they stop it, they man their 88, and they go on QRF, and a whole nother group comes on QRF. So I go out there, I assess, hey, we need to recover this. I can't do it by myself. I need another 88. So that 88 and that QRF launches to come meet us. Another 88 has to go on to QRF with another group for QRF. So we now have three rotations of QRF on duty. Like the guys that came on the third time probably just went to sleep from the 24 hours prior. Oh. So they're crabby. Yeah. (laughs) And so we get out there and I get the other 88 and I get this thing recovered. And I was like, hey. I got nothing to tow this way back. We don't have a PLS out here. So we called the Florida National Guard to bring a uh, low boy and a um, 955 truck. It's like a, what is it? Uh, it's a Freightliner. It's Freightliner, but it's military spec um, but it's branded Freightliner. 
Right. And so it comes out, and I put the Connex on there. And instead of waiting for that QRF, the second QRF that came out and escorted the 88 out, instead of waiting for it, they just fucking left. Like, just took off. Yeah, you, you turn around, and you're like, where the fuck did they go? He's like, I'm going to make it, I'm going to get back. Uh, but, like, dude, this is not Orlando. You don't, like, oh, I know where I'm going. He did not know where he was going. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, nope, that's how the guy ran over the first IED was yeah. he thought he knew where he was going. But, so I get out there, and before I even start recovering anything, I'm looking at this thing going, fuck. And so I stripped all my shit down because I could work faster without all my gear on. So I stripped down, and our scouts, which were awesome, they set up a perimeter around me. And I was like, hey, you guys got me? And they're like, yep, you're good to go. You know, get me the fuck back to base as fast as you possibly can. And I was like, got it. So I'm working away, and all of a sudden I hear this uh, 249 or 240 just, and I see this white little car go. (laughs) And one of my buddies, I wish I could remember his name, he just pops up and goes, it wouldn't stop. (laughs) I'm like, cool, thanks. So I get it all cut apart, and I finally get everything required, and we got the trucks there left. And I'm like, okay, I can surely blow this up. (laughs) Nope. Needed the parts. So I had to recover the truck and the trailer. The truck wasn't bad because we just towed it. It was like a grab and drag again? Yeah. And the trailer, well, the trailer was more difficult because I had to cut the pintle off. And the pintle, the eye on the trailer, I had to cut it off with my torch. So I torched it off, and then afterwards, I'm like, well, that's fucking dumb. Because I had a nice, beautiful pintle hitch on the back of my 88 that I could just hook that up to and drove it away. (laughs) Right. No, that's where the chains came in. Just tow and drag. Oh, yeah, I stopped, and the trailer goes... <laughs> everything's melted off. It has no brakes, no rims, anything. <laughs> but you got some usable parts, so you're going to save it. Ish. But whatever I you got left. tail light was still left on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was... I mean, you'd, you'd roll out on stuff like that all the time, and you're just like, oh, well, somebody, so-and-so got blown up. Like, oh, fuck, all right, let's go get him. And right. But like I said, the guys around you protecting you're like, hey, we want to get home. we want to get back to base. Oh, dude, it's f- and you're like, the better you protect me, the better we get back. Oh, the fastest we could. Like, yeah. we had our crews. Um, the maintenance guys had trained our because when you're in, um, like the line teams, the non pogs, the actual infantry guys, um, the lowest enlisted guys usually the driver of the vehicle, and that's his vehicle. He's in charge of the BII, basic issue items. That is your, you know, sledgehammer, your track jacks, your spare tracks on the side, stuff like that. The TC is in charge of the weapon systems, the 25-millimeter Bushmaster, shit like that. The driver's in charge of all your uh, all your uh, PDI, your, uh, your inspections and stuff. Every morning when you wake up in the morning, you go out, you check the oil. It's like, you know, the CDL, your pre-trip. Right. You pre-trip it every morning. Or after every mission, you do a post-trip, you know, make sure everything's okay. That was the driver's job. The driver was also in charge of bringing it down to us for maintenance. If the heater didn't work, you know, hey, third gear seems a little funny or it's got a mess, stuff like that, you bring it down to us. We trained our guys to where if you go down, these are the parts that need to be off before I get there so I don't destroy this. Like the prop shafts, um, we had we had the, our 88 mics, our truck drivers, I mean, when we showed up, um, they would tell them, like, hey, what's coming to get me? It's either a Hemet Wrecker 
which has air, and it's just like a tow truck. You go underneath, under lift, you pick it up, hook up the air because it had front glad hands on it. Yeah. Hook up the air, supply it, let the brakes off, roll it. Don't don't have to do shit, really. <laughs> but if then if it shows up and you're like, hey, the 88's coming to get it, they're like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they're under there with their non-ratcheting wrenches putting in uh, – Caging bolts and trying to drop drive shafts and shit. And yeah, we had only hand tools. Right. And like you said, if you're hooking to it, it's getting drug. Oh, yeah. Shit, you're getting back. They're, you're getting back in one way. Well, the, 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 um, Hammett Wrecker would drive 65 standing miles an hour. Way harder target to hit than 27. Right. I was slow, dumb, and Slow. <laughs> I mean, and I you're would, driving over goats in the way. Just <clears throat> oh, dude, out medians, cars, <laughs> but like it's not even like a high speed like Grand Theft Auto. Like I stole a tank. You're like, <laughs> well, over here. <laughs> well, yeah, could I be my driver? He sits right there, and when he sits there in the hatch, like his eyes are the only thing out because you know get shot in the head, bad deal. Yeah, me, I'm. Waist up out because I have to stand up and hit the 50. So I'm like, hey, that looks like a uh, new piece of asphalt in the road. Don't run that over because it's going to probably explode on us. Um, that goat wasn't here when we left last time we went. Um, that car's new. Um, why is the dude sitting over there with a cell phone? Why is that guy got binoculars? You know, it, there was no straight line. It was, okay, we're going this way now. <laughs> right. And yeah. you could do it. You literally could yeah. just do it. oh god all right let's let's go to france oh let's get some lighter topics (laughs) france uh you might want to lean back for this i'm working on it i'm not allowed back (laughs) ever josh got kicked out of a whole country yes while serving in the military yes international incident esque um fitchworth combinant allegedly (laughs) <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no, they. Oh, you know they they caught you with this one. You're you're proven guilty. They rewrote doctrine. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> <laughs> his name's on a wall somewhere. There were um, embassies that talked to each other. I'm pretty sure <laughs> because of me. Oh god! I, I'm sure uh, the 130th um, Engineer Corps general was woken up because of me. And the entire 54th Engineer Sapper Battalion, Sapper Platoon. So, uh, again, 1999, I joined up. I did my basic training in Fort Knox, Kentucky. And then I did my AIT in um, Aberdeen Proven Grounds, Maryland. And when I signed up, I signed up for a $16,000 bonus and my choice of duty station. My recruiter said, okay, where do you want to go? I was like, hey, I want to get out of the States. I want to see the world. They said, okay, how about Korea? I was like, whoa, whoa, too far. I don't want to go. <laughs> I said, well, how about Germany? I was like, love it. Sign me up. And I still get a $16,000 bonus. Dude, I'm I'm 17 years old. I've never seen or made $16,000. Right. It seemed like a lot. And you get to go to Germany for free. Exactly. Like- 
And I mean, as an E1, I was making $900 a month, like $450 every two weeks. Yeah. I was rich. Right. <laughs> I, I was balling on a budget. I was making it rain. And in Germany, you could drink, couldn't you? Oh, yeah. I was, I was 18 years old. I got picked up by my sponsored NCO. He's like, you want a beer? I was like, yeah. Yeah. Because you only can't drink while serving basically on U.S. soil, right? Yes. Um, it, we had what's called a SOFA status of forces agreement where the drinking age on post was 18 because it was 18 out on the economy. Gotcha. So I did all that stuff, went over to Germany, and it was, it was wild because I first time I'd ever been out of the country. I mean, really been out of Montana. I've been to, like, Alaska, Wyoming, Wisconsin, stuff like that. Never been to California, and all Not of a sudden, much. No, no, he draws the line for the United States at California border. <laughs> He's like, I'll go to Germany, but I won't go to California. Oh, I was not going to California. <laughs> Went to California once, and that was horrible. It's a whole different thing. Um, so I go to Germany, and they're like, hey, you're going to 54th Combat Engineers. I'm like, okay, what's that? No idea. And so they're like, hey, well, you'll figure it out. So I go there. Haven't slept in like two fucking days. Jet legged my balls off. And I get there, get picked up at the reception area. They take me to a barracks that was literally built by Hitler. Um, had a, the battalion area had a wind chime on the, or not a wind chime, a, a weather vane that had a uh, swastika on it still. No kidding. And so I go there, they're like, okay, you're on the third floor. Here's your shit. I'll see you in five hours. Get some sleep. No. I'm in Germany. I can drink. Yeah. <laughs> So I did all that stuff and found out what combat engineers were. Um, this was, I got there in 2000. I was there when the towers went down uh, in 9-11. Um, you know, it was, I think it was the next day when the towers went down. And we're like, hey, towers got hit. We're like, okay, cool, whatever, you know, bad, bad weather, whatever. It was like, it got hit again. I was like, oh, those guys fucking suck. And then the Pentagon got hit. And we're like, holy fuck. It's just got weird. Like shit's going down. Yeah. And then we were on what's called Red Cycle, which means we were the responding combat engineer unit for USRA, all of Europe. We were had our shit packed. We were going to get on a plane, boat, train, whatever, and go. So we get all of our shit staged. We're ready to go. And then, evidently, 173rd CTAF out of Vicenza, Italy, had a cooler general than we had because they got the mission. But the weird part is, is we had to look up where Afghanistan was. <laughs> like, we didn't know. Like, where is Afghanistan? We literally had to get a globe out and go, Belarus, Azerbaijan. How do you spell that? <laughs> hey, here it is. It's right next to Iran. Like... Yeah. We'd never heard of that shit before. Right. And so this is post 9-11, and they're like, hey, we're going to get deployed, so let's do a single soldier um, MWR trip to France on a five-day weekend. <laughs> Free. Like, we didn't have to pay anything. So they got right. all of these buses and all military unit, all military male unit, and we get on the bus. And it's a long way from the bottom of Germany to France. We got drunk, sobered up, got drunk again, sobered <laughs> up a little bit, and got drunk again before we made it to France. Holy shit. So we get there, and they're like, okay, so 
Uh, here's France. Um, this is the hotel we're staying at. Nobody speaks the language. Nobody can read the language. Um, meet back here in four days because we're going back to Germany. Okay. So I was with the uh, uh, Sapper Platoon, which is the guys that go out before and smaller forces to clear landmines, you know, obstacles, stuff like that. Yeah. Landing a zone, stuff like that. So they're like the cooler guys than just the basic engineer guys. So I was their mechanics. They're like, hey, you're with us. I was like, cool. So the first place we go to is Napoleon's tomb, which was closed. <laughs> so we breached it. <laughs> and there's a bunch of us walking around, taking pictures inside of Napoleon's tomb. It's like a whole museum thing. And then the the, the and French police. Oh, it was closed. Yeah. The French police showed up. And I don't think I got arrested there because I think we beat him up. <laughs> subdued them, I thought you said. Yes, subdued them. Subdued, subdued them, yeah. Because they breached their way into something that shouldn't have been closed. Yeah. Because America. <laughs> so then we're like, okay, where else are we going to go? We're like, well, we keep hearing about this Louvre thing. Let's go there. Okay, so we go to the Louvre, and, like, the line was insane. But they had a bar across the plaza <laughs> where they had a fountain. <laughs> and I had been drinking a lot. So there's a picture of me standing on top of this fountain, on top of this horse. The horse has water coming out of its mouth, and I'm peeing into the water. And there's a picture, a picture, and another picture of a guy at the bottom of the same stream I'm peeing in, like, washing himself. So I ended up peeing on a guy. <laughs> now, is that guy with you or just some guy in the fountain? Some, some French dude. But why is he washing himself in a fountain in the middle of a plaza? Oh, just not my problem. I guess I guess the same question would be, why is some guy peeing into this fountain? <laughs> That's true. But then uh, in France, you have to pay to get out of a toilet. <coughs> we didn't know that. So they have those big round things, and you open the door, and you go in, and it can somehow sense that you're in there. Door closes. And then you can't get out until you pay. Are they a quarter machine or what? Yeah, they used uh, euros at the time. So they're like one euro is like a quarter. Right. So right. like three But I mean, it's like change. You're yeah. not like swiping your iPad. And, you know. Oh, no, this was pre-anything right. so digital. You're still looking at cash. Yeah. Okay. And we didn't know that, so we broke it to get out. <laughs> I think I was in it. <laughs> and It's drunken haze. We're not really sure. Yeah. Matter. Yeah, so I got arrested for that. We got arrested for that. We went to jail. First sergeant had to come bail us out. And then he told us not to do that. He told us to go to the hotel. So we went to the hotel, slept for like two hours. Somebody woke up, and then we decided to go to Notre Dame Cathedral. Because there was a guy that was Catholic, and he was like, hey, my mom wants me to go. I was like, cool. We'll go. You know, it's cool. I saw the hunchback in Notre Dame. You're like, based on, <laughs> you're like, based on the last few hours of this trip, do you really want us to take you to the cathedral? There was no bad ideas. <laughs> like, at all. Zero. None. It was, yes. All, all the, the time. way. Yes. So there's a picture of me um, <clears throat> with a prayer candle in a Zippo, and you can see a nun's hand swiping it. <laughs> and I think that's the second time we got arrested. <laughs> um, first sergeant had to bail us out again. 
Did Angel's you guys going. have like a frequent flyer card with the jail up there? Or? They didn't want us in there. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, no, did you? Is this the same guy that used to walk or that walk, will in the future walk around behind you with a bag of cash? For certain? Yeah. No, that was a lieutenant. No, I mean, I was making a joke. Like, so you went in the military and they hired <laughs> they hired a guy to carry around a duffel bag of cash to literally follow you around and just. <laughs> they just knew right at that moment. Everywhere you went. You yeah. were going to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even got to Euro Disney yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we got bailed out again. And then they were like, okay, really, go back to the hotel. We're going to Euro Disney at this time. We've slept maybe six hours in the past three days. And consumed a lot of alcohol. Our body weight. Yeah. <laughs> we were running on probably a point, point. Point one, like baseline, BAC. <laughs> Time for a little drinky poo. Oh, dude, we were. I was an alcoholic. Like <laughs> day one, uh, I was in Germany for two years. I can remember legitimately about six months, and not continuous. Not no, and that's only because I was in the field and I cannot get alcohol. <laughs> I would. They would send me to the field to sober up. I was an alcoholic. The guy that carried your bag of cash around just took a nap. Yes, <laughs> took a break. <laughs> But this was post 9-11, so they're like, oh, you know, Americans, blah, blah, blah. So we went to Euro Disney, and I molested Eeyore. And <laughs> was asked to leave. It was not the happiest place on earth when I was there. Hold on, Eeyore. Like the donkey? Yeah, yes. why are we bringing donkeys? <laughs> so, we're back into the, so we're back to the donkey again. I have a tattoo of Eeyore on me. After you molested him? Yeah, he felt bad. <laughs> yeah. It's like returning the favor kind of a deal. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> But yeah, I was kicked out. Dude, why do you serve alcohol at Euro Disney? Why do you serve alcohol at Disney in, at all? That seems like your fault. I mean, you were asking for it. Because the parents need <laughs> yeah, a way to, like... That's the, that's the adults. That's yeah. <laughs> well, when we're doing shots at Uzo, which... What's rubbing alcohol? <laughs> like, we could drink a lot. Like, a lot. It was not... <clears throat> it was not healthy. But, yeah, so then we did that, and then... Last day, first sergeant was like, you guys cannot be left alone because you keep getting arrested. So you're going to have to stay with me. It's like, okay, cool. So we stay with him. And they're like, you're going to go everywhere we go. I was like, all right. He had his wife. He probably regretted that one. <laughs> his wife did. <laughs> we went to a place called the World of Beer. A bar. <laughs> Whose idea was that? First sergeant's. Okay. Not my fault. <laughs> We went there, and, he, you know, camaraderie, we're getting ready to go and stuff. And go to uh, Afghanistan, Iraq wasn't a thing yet. But we get ready to go, and he's like, hey, let's go to the world of beer. I was like, cool. So we go to this world of beer. And you could, like, drink yourself around the world. <coughs> and if you did that, you got, like, I don't know, a T-shirt or some shit like Josh that. Josh is like, challenge accepted. <laughs> so is it, like, different drinks? Like, From every country. Right? They had thousands. Like a home brewing, like... Like a home... No, what? no, they brought them in. No, I mean, but like like each country's homemade. Yes. Like, what would America's be? Uh, they had Anheuser-Busch. <laughs> they had um, Yingling. Um, they had... Am Amstel was German. They had a lot of American stuff. So there was like eight or ten of us. So they decided... We all picked a country. Like, you know, hey, Chandler's good at America. 
you're drinking all of America. Right. Josh. All of it. You are good with South America, so you're going to drink South America. Josh is like, I'm going to drink the rest. <laughs> no, no. If no, you can South- handle the if you can handle the NA, I will drink the rest. You ain't got to worry about it. Uh, South America had like 30, and it was not like a taster. It was a 16 to 22 ounce beer. Oh, so they, they weren't fucking around. No. It was a beverage. <laughs> yes. So, so we, it, wasn't, it wasn't like one of these cheap little shops here where it's like, oh, taste the world, and you get like a shot, and you're like, well, that was cool. No, our you, bar tab was like four grand. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was a lot. Yeah. And we made, I think I was making like $1,300 a month at that point, <laughs> and I was, my, my, my bonus was gone. Right. My sixteen thousand dollars sign-on bonus <laughs> was gone. Had since it. been ingested, <laughs> just in Germany. Right. Wow. And so we got it broke down. We had a plan. Everybody had a country, and we're like, we're going to do this. Get a T-shirt, and we did. I think we made it like one and a half times because nobody had ever done it two. <laughs> and so we did it once. We're like, hey, we're going to go again. And so we're halfway through the other one, and this French dude comes up, and he's like, ah, oh, Americans, blah, 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 you deserve 9-11. Okay. And First Sergeant's like, hey, no, we're not doing this. <laughs> he spit on First Sergeant. Like, you know, <laughs> a very French thing. <laughs> and First Sergeant fucking laid him out, and the fight was on. We cleared that bar and got arrested. But, I mean, like, so one guy gets punched in the face, and now all of a sudden everyone wants to fight you guys? Or you just fought everyone else? so. We just fought everybody else. <laughs> Josh, like, no one cared. There was people to punch. And... You weren't us. Right. So you were wrong. Right. Yeah. And we kicked the fuck out of you. Yes. Okay. And then we got arrested. <laughs> Except First Certain was with us. This time. So uh-huh. we had to call his wife. <laughs> Oh, God. We were loaded on the bus. All of our pretend, our uh, professional documents, because when you traveled to another country, it wasn't quite open borders like the Euro is now, the European Union is now. You still had to travel on what's called orders. So I didn't have a passport. So I just had my military ID and this piece of paper that says I was good. I could go wherever the fuck I wanted. Right. So they took a copy of the piece of paper and the military ID. They loaded us on a bus and the French police escorted us to Germany and told us to never come back. We get to the border, and the, the German guards are like, what the fuck's going on? Like, <laughs> told them what happened. They're like, the French have never been able to take a joke. <laughs> the Germans are like, come on in. <laughs> they told us, welcome home, and waved us through. <laughs> come on back, boys. We got more beer for you. Yeah, and then we got back, and then we had what's called an all-hands, where everybody had to go to a formation because of us, <laughs> and they were very angry. At you guys. Yes, but we won. We <laughs> That's all that mattered. But you're not allowed back for round two. No, we they stopped all foreign trips after that. Oh, that sounds like fun. Like all no. foreign trips. No more Euro Disney. No, no. Like when we went to Nijmegen in Norway, it took a lot to let us in that country. <laughs> <laughs> Nijmegen is a, uh, you know the bridge too far? The movie, Nijmegen? No. It was the bridge that they clashed at 
with uh, the British SES and 101st Airborne, I think. Uh, somebody will correct me, I'm sure. But <laughs> it was a big battle there, and it was a bridge that they didn't give up and they couldn't get across, so it was called a bridge too far. But once we took it, that was how we got, um, took Norway, Sweden, and all the those countries back during World War II. Well, during it, we crossed 100 miles in four days on foot. Full pack, ammo, everything. Like, that's a big feat. So right. every year, to commemorate that, they do what's called the Nine Megan March. And you do 100 miles in four days. Full pack, everything. Yeah. yeah. We that- did this for fun. <laughs> <laughs> or was it just because you got kicked out of all the fun countries? France wasn't fun. <laughs> It, it was dirty. It was nasty. We went to the Eiffel Tower. Somebody got their wallet stolen. It was a... I did not like France. It stunk. Everybody was rude. I mean, obviously, I was perfect and a gentleman. <laughs> I helped some guy take a shower. Right? Hygiene, hygiene, hygiene. Oh, man. But, yeah, that was... Oh, Europe was fun. <laughs> All right, I've. Um, what about the cheerleaders? This, ah, this is a good story too. What? We're almost at two hours. I know. Oh, oh, sorry. No, no, you can do whatever you want. Oh, now we're here to listen. <laughs> <laughs> so um, while we we're in Germany, or not Germany, this was two thousand and four in Iraq, and they would bring MWR shows. Um, not MWR. They would bring uh, USO. USO shows to us. And when they brought the USO shows, they would bring, like, you know, Toby Keith. Uh, um, I forget who else. Hey, you want to grab me a doctor? Uh, Toby Keith, they'd bring all these bands and stuff to, like, lift our spirits and keep us happy. Well, one time they brought the um, Redskins cheerleaders. And we hadn't seen another woman in, like, nine months. So when you're on base, you have to be what's called green and clear. You have to have a magazine or rounds for your weapon on you, but it's not loaded and there's not one in the chamber, and it's certainly not off of safe. So what happened was they brought the Redskins cheerleaders on here, and when they landed, we could smell them because we hadn't smelled clean in nine months. We'd been smelling each other, and it was disgusting, but it was normal. So they brought the Redskins cheerleaders in, and they had the uh, the mortars and the scouts were their security detail. And it was funny because they didn't understand. They under they understood it was dangerous, and they got flown in on Chinooks. It was understood that it was dangerous, but it was they didn't understand why they were being secured. They didn't understand that they were being secured from us. So, the scouts and the mortar platoon, they were their security, and they were magazine in, round in the chamber, mostly on safe, because they showed up and they're like, oh, you guys are, like, this is the first place we've been where you guys are, you know, locked, cocked, ready to rock, and like, yeah, we're here for your safety. Oh, is it that dangerous? Yeah, these guys haven't seen a woman in a while. What? Like, yeah, we're here to protect you from the 500 or so horny people that haven't seen a midriff other than a Maxim magazine 
in nine months. And, <laughs> yeah, they were terrified of us. But, yeah, that was cool. They they were very pretty. <laughs> I mean, whether they just prance around the base and then... Oh, just- yeah, they, like, did autograph signings, and they did, like, a cheer where they, like, jumped up and down and their scantily clad <laughs> things. Like, they showed up in, like, their... Their halter tops and their short shorts and their boots and it was their cheerleader uniform. They had pom poms and shit. Like they were ready to go, and you guys are like women. Oh, we were like <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the worst ten minutes of your life. Worst ten minutes. That's for all five hundred of them. Yeah, <laughs> right. All five hundred. It's called a train. Choo choo. Well, we didn't have the only women that we had post was what's called a desert diva. <clears throat> a three in the States is a ten in the sand. It didn't matter. You could be a three. You could, the ugly stick could have, you could have fell out of the ugly tree, hit every branch on the way down, and the tree could have fell on you. You were still a ten. <laughs> but they were on the other side of our, our FOB, forward operating base, because they were like division level people. Like, um, they were, they were like the... The, the jag people, they were like the, the the people that would come and arrest us when we did something bad. <laughs> yeah, it was weird that they had lawyers there. <laughs> Josh is like, I've only ever been kicked out of France once. Oh, dude, everybody should never go to France. <laughs> it was disgusting. Germany's way better. That brings us to uh, the blue room, the clean room. Ah, Dave. <laughs> Just looking at my notes here, it says Dave in the blue room. Yes, Dave. Dave. Are you allowed to tell this story? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he did. I'm sure he told some. I don't give a shit. Um, Dave was the mad whacker. Um, <laughs> you 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 put enough men in an area, you're gonna have compulsory masturbation just to release required at some point. It was like, you know, when you turn 12 and discover what it's for. (laughs) And Dave liked to do it without locking the door to the shitter. Masturbate alone? Masturbate with friends? He did it twice with friends. (laughs) But Dave was in there, and this was towards the end. It was like month 10. His give a damn had busted many, many days before that. And he was cranking one out like one does. And a major from First Armor Division opens the door, and without missing a stroke, he looks him dead in the eyes and goes, if you ain't going to catch it and you ain't going to help, shut the fucking door. And Dave's an E5, and this guy's an O5, like big pay gap. But at that point, everybody has hand grenades. <laughs> so it's cool. <laughs> and, and you're on edge. Like, yes. Yeah. Yes. It, and there was an entire formation right there. And... Day finished, got out, walked past the formation, saluted the major, and walked away. Because it was just another Tuesday. <laughs> another Monday-flavored Wednesday. Yeah, and it was amazing because, like, all the bullshit that goes on when you're in Fort Riley, like, oh, I hate you, I hate you, you're a dickhead, I'm going to kick your ass. We were all really cool with each other once we got rounds and grenades. Like, the petty shit stopped. <laughs> we were all friends. Had to be. <laughs> right. Because... We all had grenades. Yeah. That's when you knew it was bad, when they were like, okay, walk down this. (laughs) Here's another one for you. (laughs) (laughs) Flying home, we flew Delta. 
Isn't like the shittiest one? Yes. We flew Delta from Kuwait to Ireland. Ireland to Maryland. Maryland to Fort Riley. It took us like two days to get home. Um, in Maryland, they let us off the airplane and let us go into the the terminal. But then we had to go through security to get back on the plane. And we didn't know that TSA had existed yet. Right. So we all kept our weapons on us because you don't <clears throat> leave your weapon alone. Right. They took my Leatherman, but let me keep my M16. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you mean they're more terrified of your pocket knife yes. than they were? Like, I argued with this middle-aged black woman for a long time that I was not giving up my Leatherman that had gone through Iraq with me. As I'm holding my M, I had to go through security. <laughs> I had to take my Leatherman off, my belt off, kept my boots on. And then my M16 went through the x-ray machine. And I picked up my M16, I put my belt back on, and she told me that she ha- I had to leave my Leatherman because it was a knife. <coughs> and she did not realize that my feet for the past 16 hours had been sitting on a case of grenades that we're bringing back. <laughs> In an airplane. A Delta airplane. Yes. Like, like, like you're running through security and they're going to tell you the dangers. Yeah. Oh, heaven forbid somebody had a fucking nail clipper, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Josh is like, do you not know where we just came from? Well, sir, but if someone got their hands on your nail clippers. That was the safest flight in the air at that time. I think Air Force One was more at risk than we were. There was not going to be a hijacking. If if somebody would have approached, oh, oh were you with civilian flight? Huh? Were you with civilians or no? Oh, okay. The only civilians on there <laughs> was the two pilots and the cabin crew. Mm. Which again, they probably didn't get around the plane very much. We're pretty. Oh, the Mile High Club. We're pretty. I don't know. I it was not me. I was married at the time. Um, Josh, like allegedly, that bathroom got used a lot. <laughs> Well, no, dude, there was... There was a line. Our carry-ons were squad automatic weapons. Right. <laughs> like, we, when we got on the plane in Kuwait, we got on the plane in a military base. Yeah. So it was, like, no big deal. We got on the plane. Like, there's no... You're not... You don't go through security because you were security. Yeah. Then in Ireland, we didn't get off the plane because... Probably France. <laughs> and... <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm sure the Irish people were like, you cannot let these cocksuckers off <laughs> Like this, all. We have a picture of one guy right here that we do not want. He's older now. Like He probably can drink more. You may refuel, and you may leave. <laughs> that is it. And then we got to BWI in Maryland, and we got. they were like, hey, we got a, something with the plane or something like that. It's Delta. Yeah. yeah. And so we had to get, we got off. It was going to be a couple of hours, I think. So we got off, and we were able to leave the airport to go out front to smoke and then come back on because a lot of the guys didn't chew. They only smoked. So the nicotine was drastically coming out of their system, and they were cranky. <clears throat> yeah, it was a bad deal. <laughs> it was a bad deal. So they go off, and they, like, chain-smoked a pack of Newports. Like, <laughs> bad. And then we had to go through security to get back on, and everybody's like, what the fuck? Right. Well, when you before we before we left in two thousand and three, when we, when we left in two thousand and three, I remember being able to fly with you know a Leatherman, a, a blade that was under six inches, something like that. 
there was no separation of liquid items. You could carry, you know, nobody took their shoes off. You still went through security to make sure you didn't have a bomb or a gun. Right. But it was TSA, when we left and came back, a whole new department had been funded and put into place by the U.S. government called TSA. Homeland Security did not exist before we left. When really? we came back, magically there was another person, right. another group. Yeah. It was, we didn't, nobody told us. So it was a complete culture shock when we got home. Right, like the home you left is not the home you came back to. No. No, it was funny because we got back and like we had to get a safety brief and they're like, okay, don't drink. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're like, we're home, motherfucker. Yeah. Do what I want. Don't beat your wife. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> there was a lot of divorces when we got back because um, guys were gone for 12 to 13 months, but their wives were like six months pregnant. Yeah. And if you do the math. Something didn't add up. No. Do not you know unless... what consecutive means? Yes. <laughs> exactly. And there was a lot of people that were like, huh. <laughs> Who's got damn white babies? <laughs> yeah. I thought you said her name was Jody. I said his name was Jody. It went both ways. <laughs> but, like, uh, when I got back, I had my wife, so I had somewhere to go. But when Murray got back, um, we didn't get leave for 30 days after we got back because we had to come back in. We had to have 100% accountability of all of our sensitive items, weapons, nods, radios, all that stuff. And then they, like, just let us go for a month into America. We scattered throughout America. For 30 days, and God knows what happened in those states that we went to. <laughs> that because we went from, am I gonna die today? Right. To, I can't turn off the adrenaline. When we got back, our fight, our flight or flight, there was no flight. It was hardwired to fight. That right. was it. And when we got back, there was a lot of guys that were magically free fall qualified. Because they went and spent a lot of their money to become parachute qualified to jump out of civilian airplanes. But they would not pull their cord. They would wait to see how far they could go because they wanted that adrenaline rush again. Um, I don't know how many Hayabusa motorcycles showed up in our parking lot (laughs) that were, you know, they did not go less than 100. Right. Like there was no. No, everybody was looking for that rush. When you went from. I'm in this M88. I can literally drive over everything I want. Mm-hmm. And now we're in America where this lady's going to not turn her blinker on and then flip you off. My wife did My wife did all the driving for a very... I think my wife drove for that 30 days because I drove once and almost... did. We were in a Nissan Sentra, 1992 Nissan Sentra. And I still thought I was in my 88. And I was going to push that motherfucker out of the way. <laughs> Because my driving style had completely changed. Right, like everything had changed. Oh, yeah. There, there was no defensive. I offensively drove, and I still offensively drive. <laughs> but that, that my wife was like, okay, I'm going to drive now. <laughs> like, why? I'm fine. I'm doing fine, even to this day. I'm like, what? Why are you freaking out? We're fine. We're fine. I'm doing great. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I remember you riding with me, and I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I got distracted talking to you, and we're hanging out, and we're cruising, and I'm like hitting the driving by Braille is... Some of people call it. I'm hitting the drunk bumps and kind of get back in my lane, go back to the drunk bumps. And I was like, hey, are you okay with this? And we're not getting shot at. I don't even care. 
doesn't even phase me. Nope. And I don't really get excited about much of anything anymore because I have a different outlook on life of nobody makes that out alive. Right. It's just a matter of time. But during this whole COVID thing, if I would have died from COVID, I'd have been pissed I made it through Iraq and died from COVID. <laughs> you, died, you died from the common flu, but you, you made it through Iraq. Yes, I would have been very disappointed. <laughs> Josh, like, do you know the shit that I bathed in to try to get the shit out of my butthole? Oh, dude, that's... <laughs> One of the, I think it was Alpha's Bradley got hit, and it melted. It, uh, Bradley is aluminum. It's all aluminum. But the 25 Mike Mike rounds are have a DU, depleted uranium penetrator, in the center of it. That's what goes through the armor of the other vehicles. Right. And it is a very, very dense metal and radioactive. So we got tasked out to go pick up this 88, or not the 88, the M2 Bradley that was a puddle of aluminum. It melted everything down when it cooked off. And they're like, hey, you got to get all the, you know, you got to pick up all the DU. I'm like, okay, cool. So it was a nice day. Nobody was shooting at us. It was a good perimeter. So we take our Kevlars off, and we're sifting through this thing, and we're put, picking up the DU penetrators, throwing it in our helmets. We're eating, putting chew in, doing our thing. And all of a sudden, this dude shows up in Mop 4. Mop 4 is a complete hazmat suit, respirator, gas mask, fresh air, whatever. And he's like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> and we're like, uh, we're, we're, we're picking up the site. He's like, uh, you guys need to go to decon. What? Like, yeah, that's radioactive. That was like my first official shower is when we went through decon. And now just waiting for that to hit. <laughs> Josh is like, you think a COVID vaccine is going to get me? Oh, dude, the shit that's in my body. <laughs> it ain't COVID. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, it was... It, it, we just got done. We're like, well, this sucks now. Put that on the VA form. <laughs> <laughs> like, but that shower, though. <laughs> dude, it was hot water, and they scrubbed me from, like, six feet away with a broom. <laughs> Josh is, like, sitting there, and they get back to their little hutches, and... I smelled clean. <laughs> he's like, hey, you guys, I saved one. He's like, he's like my prison pocket. I saved one so we can get another shower later. We're going to wait to drop this fucker off somewhere. It was, it's funny because you're over there, and they were worried about Saddam using, because uh, Saddam was still running around in 04. Like, we were actively looking for him still. Right. And we had the NBC guys had these uh, things set up around the camp, and they were supposed to detect uh, nuclear biological chemical. Because he had a lot of sarin, mustard gas, like nasty shit. Right. And those alarms would go off. And then we're supposed to, like, put our masks on and our, you know, suits and shit like that. Um, it came to the point where I was like, I'm going to die comfy. I'm not putting this shit on. <laughs> getting a good shower. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, this is the fourth time this week. It's either going to take me or it's not. Exactly. That was it. I mean, it that came to the point where... I mean, we'd get mortared, and you know, we wouldn't we wouldn't run to the bunker. We'd we'd roll over, and I'd be like, "Incoming or outgoing?" <laughs> A little of both. <laughs> Go back to sleep. Dive it in the the shell bomb or the craters. 
Uh, that was 2ID. When we were getting ready to leave, we got replaced by 2ID, who thought their shit didn't stink until their shit got rocked. And when we get mortared or rocketed, um, it's like lightning. It never hits the same spot twice. So if you hop into the crater or the impact area, probably not going to get hit again. But why would you put 50 guys in a bunker that is supposed to be, you know, impervious, which they've been hit before and were not impervious? I, our our method was much better. <laughs> and you'd see these guys, they'd run around and, like, uh, they'd run for the bunker and then, I'm not running. Right. Why am I going to die out of out of breath? <laughs> and like you said, that rocket is headed right to wherever you were running. We caught guys pacing shit off. Because at the end there, we were bringing the local nationals in, and they were, you know, instead of burning our shit, they were sucking our sewage out. They were bringing us water. Um, they were rebuilding the areas we were at, making us hardened hooches and stuff like that. And you'd catch guys that were, you know, heel to toe pacing shit off. And if you knew where... If you know where one point is and you have a distance and a direction to any other point, you, you can, can hit it. Right, and you can scale it all. You yeah. Can. So we could, we'd catch guys that were pacing shit off and, you know, roll them up and send them to the bed and breakfast. <laughs> and they knew where all of our stuff was. They knew where all of our bunkers were. They knew where we lived. I mean, this was their home turf. Right. Their grandpa or, grandpa or great uncle or whatever probably built the thing for Saddam. 10 years ago right so yeah that was kind of a no-brainer really god damn you got a lot oh yeah i haven't even told you about basic yet (laughs) (laughs) i haven't heard anything about basic we've always stuck to the uh the cheerleaders and the donkey oh still wonder what happened to that donkey (laughs) well if anybody knows (laughs) Might recognize Josh here. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they put him down. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to be watching like, oh, that donkey's still over there, just hanging out. Cruising oh, around. I'm sure he's dead by now. Nice. Just, shit, that's been 20 years now. He's a smart donkey. No. He sweet socks everyone. He gets what he wants, you know. He probably got taken home by one of those contracts. He probably wanted what happened. I was going to say, he's, he's like probably like an OnlyFans girl. You know what I mean? He's like he's like a little bit of uncomfortableness, but I get taken care of. <laughs> <laughs> I got good hay, good water. I'm all right. (laughs) These these idiots over here saw me giving it up once, and they fucking fed me for a while. (laughs) Again, I do not know what happened when Marines had him. (laughs) But he did look very depressed when we picked him up, and he always seemed to be happier with us. (laughs) All right, last one before we end this. The penis pump. Oh. (laughs) What about, and you got to talk about the guy that would pass out. Ah. Presbanowski. Uh, this was again 54th Engineers. This was. <laughs> He's like, let me make sure we know exactly who I am talking about. <sighs> I want to say pre France. There's some girl that's going, I wish somebody would have warned me before I met this guy. Oh, dude. <laughs> you mule dick. <laughs> uh, Hey, when you're in the military, I mean, any branch, not not any branch, I'm sorry, um, excluding the Air Force, um, because I think their showers have curtains. Um, in the Army, we would do, in basic training, we do what's called a car wash. They would have a room that had a bunch of 
uh, faucets just out of the wall, and they would drill sergeants would just turn them all on, like hot. <laughs> if you went in first, you were scalded. If you went in last, you were frozen. You wanted to be in the middle. <laughs> My last name's Skidmore. I was at the end of everything because it's all alphabetical. <laughs> when you go through, um, you are naked, and you have your your towel that is about this big. That's what you dried yourself off with. Like a kitchen towel. Yeah. And then you had your hand towel, which is what you washed yourself with. So uh, drying towel, left shoulder, kitchen towel, or washing towel over your balls. <laughs> and they would blast... The song, um, going to the car wash while we were showering. (laughs) And when you get in there, you get wet, and then you just continuously sidestep until you get out. You lather up while you're going, sidestep, sidestep, and you hope to God you got everything clean and every all the soap off you before you got out because that was it. There was no doing it over, standing there for ten minutes, enjoying the hot water. Sidestepped until you got out. Um, that continued on through every unit I've been in where they didn't have shower curtains. They just had, I mean, Fort Riley had stalls at least on the sides, but nothing on the back. Um, Germany had open showers, just holes in the wall, two drains that didn't drain. So you had to double up or triple up your shower shoes so you didn't get feet fungus stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we were not clean people. <laughs> um, Presmanowski, he'd go into the shower and like it was a third leg. And you just, like, you, you've seen enough naked people, you just kind of look down and go, "Good for you." Like, you know, I'm happy. He was a white guy too, like Eastern European. And like, what do you like? How does that work? He goes, "Well, I don't have." I've never had a full erection that I can remember because he would get a hard on and all of his blood would go there. So again, good for you, Presmanowski. But he'd pass out. Yes. So he would have to get an erection to some point and then put a ring on it to stop <laughs> filling. So he could save some blood for his vital organs. For the rest of him. <laughs> I hope he's in porn. <laughs> he probably has an OnlyFans. Like, well, I don't know because he passes out every time. Well, he'd have to get really good at it, though. Yeah, I'm sure he's able to control it better now. He was like 18 at the time. We were all young and dumb. <laughs> but the cock pump story is, uh, <laughs> black guy. I was on CQ change of quarters, which I was a babysitter for all of the other adults in the building. Um, all three floors. So I stayed at the bottom to make sure that nobody snuck in. But you were the adult. Yeah. <laughs> were you Were I, you drinking? No, no, no. That they, they fucking frowned on that. <laughs> I may have been drunk from the night before, but I was not currently drinking. Hmm. Um, but uh, so we're on the first floor and like three doors down on the right. Um, I had this. I cannot remember his name. Black dude. He was a mechanic. And he got a cock pump. And on the warning label for the cock pump, it says, do not exceed 10 pumps. Well, he did 10 pumps and saw what it did. So he's like, well, what's 15 look like? He did 15. Even better. 20 must be better, right? Um, With those devices, more is not better. Um, More is a danger factor, especially when the relief valve is at the tip. So 
I don't know. I assume he did it much more than 20. And he tried to release it, he says, and then the tip of his penis sucked the relief valve and did not break suction and immediately started making a blood blister. Uh, So we hear this moaning coming from the room. I'm like, hey, dude, are you okay? (laughs) Not good. Not good moaning. I'm fine. Go away. (laughs) I'm like, dude, you're not fine. So I get the keys and I open his door and he's laying on his bed against the window facing the wall. And I'm like, hey. What's up, bro? Like, I, I thought he was, you know, committing suicide. And so I go over there. I'm like, are you okay? He goes, yeah, just don't look at it. Like, well, now I have to look at it. <laughs> You've piqued my interest. <laughs> and he rolls over, and I see the pricker dick in he's in. And I'm like, shit, we got to get the medic. So I go back out and tell the other guy, I'm on CQ, I was like, hey, we need Doc over here now, which is a medic. And so he goes, gets Doc, and Doc's like, what's going on? He goes, uh, so-and-so's got his dick stuck in a pump. And he's like, what? <laughs> like, in a combat unit, like, the medics get all sorts of weird shit. Like, you know, jumping out of third-floor rooms, repelling off of balconies, things and orifices. And so he grabs his med bag, comes over. He goes, okay, what's going on? He shows me. He goes, holy fuck. It's like, well, we have to break the vacuum. My idea was hit it with a hammer. (laughs) Well, it was glass, so it'll break. I wasn't really thinking about the aftermath. And he goes, no, we can't do that. And so we get to speculum, which, if you don't know what speculum is, it's used in gynecological examinations to check the reproductive organs of women. Why a medic had one in a male unit, I don't know. But I never saw a hamster. (laughs) Thankful he did. did. So it's kind of curved. So he was able to get it in there and remove a large amount of skin at the shaft and break the suction finally. And we got it off. But it wouldn't go away. And it was a giant blood blister. So what ended up happening is, um, have you ever seen one of those... uh, Those injection tools for, like, turkeys at Thanksgiving where you fill it full of butter and you inject it into the thing. Do we need to look it up? A turkey baster? Yeah. No, not a turkey baster, a seasoning like a, injector. Like a syringe. That's okay. a yeah, yeah. 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 We use that to remove the blood from his penis. <laughs> There's my name. So, let's see. You find you yeah, marinade always... needle. There you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> Something about like that. <laughs> Josh goes, this is not Thanksgiving, but we had to pull one of these out anyways. Why this guy had one in his med pouch, I do not know. Uh, in case you have a sucking chest wound or a collapsed lung, you use to aspirate to reinflate. Mm, that's fucking huge. Yes. That's what she said. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> if you don't... Not if... after that day. <laughs> no, he was on a profile. Um, a profile in the military is like if you get, if you break your leg, okay, they give you a profile so that it says, you know, he doesn't have to run or he gets crutches, something like that. Um, he had a profile for his penis where he was, he was on light duty. He wasn't allowed to pick stuff up. He didn't run for like a month. Like they were worried. Well, he was worried it was never going to function again because if you don't get the blood out, it goes necrotic and then they have to amputate and Josh is going, is it worth it? Is it worth not having to run again? No. <laughs> I have three kids. 
Mine still works ish as long as I have the little blue Cialis pill. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Well, see, he's got a speculum, but they also ordered pallets of heavy flow tampons and maxi pads. We didn't order them; we purchased them from the shop at in Iraq because this was pretty quick clot. I mean, quick clot came out while we were there, but it came out towards the end of it of '04. So, did you like buy them off base then? No, we bought them on base. Oh, okay. But I mean, how did the base get them? Um, the base is run by the AFES Armed, Armed Forces Exchange Services. So they will sell you chew, soda, rippets. This was pre-Red Bull. So we had these things called rippets. I mean, if you're a vet out there, you, you remember rippets. Uh, and, I mean, every, they did batteries, CDs, DVDs, everything. I mean, it's what you bought there. But when we were there... We started buying all of the um, tampons, heavy flow were the best, and maxi pads because we would use them in our um, triage kit to stop bleeding, soak up blood. I mean, it was the best bandage we had. I mean, the stuff that we had was really stupid, but maxi pads were awesome. And the applicator worked perfectly for balloons. Put it in, pull it out, got a little tail, good to go. And as it expands, it stops bleeding um didn't work on everything but majority of the time it did but AFES armed forces exchange services would see what we were buying and they would ship more so they didn't put two and two together that this was a 99% male outpost fob and we were buying a large amount of feminine hygiene products so they just kept sending it. They didn't give a shit. We were buying it. We were paying our own money for this stuff. Like our $900 a month, we were paying out of our own pocket to purchase these things because we couldn't get them anywhere else. We'd have stuff. My, my wife sent me. Um, I couldn't get T-shirts. And I was down to what was called a doily where your shirt is cut like right here. So it looks like you're wearing a shirt, but everything else is gone because I used it as toilet paper, rags, cleaning rags, everything um and she sent me new t-shirts one day and they took like a month and a half two months to get there and when i got it the mail truck had been hit by an ied and there was a hole through my package (laughs) (laughs) through your shirts yep and my candy and my jerky and everything else and that was it yeah you just kind of go well shit right on i got more than a doily but i have a hole in my shirt I had more regs. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but we had toilet paper. Mm. How long did the duffel bag of toilet paper last? Oh. Barrett was pretty stingy with that shit. <laughs> I mean, you were there, obviously, for a year, and a duffel bag could never hold that much. No. Um, by month four, my shit was no longer consistent nor solid. So it was, you know, one square would get, get the liquid. But at that point, I wasn't wearing underwear anymore because... Why? Yeah. Or you used it for something else? Yes. Mm. That's pretty much how it happened. Right. I mean, that's just what we did. Right. Survived. Mm-hmm. Socks. <laughs> Everybody had a low sock. <laughs> or two. I mean, they, they brought us out there like, okay, it's time to do PT. Like, organized physical training. Yeah. Like, Get everybody out there in a formation at the same time every day. 
to go run the perimeter or do push-ups or sit-ups until we got mortared. And then we stopped doing PT. <laughs> like, it, it came down, it was like no organized formations. The only time we did organized formations is when we were doing a memorial for somebody. But even then, the extra security on the perimeter was substantial, and it was at a very short time. We did not linger. We did the memorial, and then we all dispersed. Because if you have a couple hundred people in one area, three, four rounds, and you're going to decimate that entire workforce. Right. If you can land a few good ones, you're... Oh, yeah. Yeah. God damn. Well, we've been in my basement for two and a half hours now. Mm. <sighs> Thank you again. No problem. I think we'll end this, and uh, we'll have you back. Hopefully when there's actual people watching this. Hey. <laughs> uh, well, if anybody watches on this, uh afterwards or catches it on... Um, online or whatever and you're a vet and you are having thoughts of suicide or self-harm i encourage you to seek help talk to somebody you're not in this alone i've been in therapy for 12 almost 13 years um it gets better it can be better and i hope that everybody makes it out because for the us those of us that made it through that to come home and to struggle with depression, PTSD, things like that. Um, and if you take yourself out, they still win. Um, 22 a day is too many. Um, one a day is too many. If you're having those feelings, talk to somebody. I mean, mom, brother, sister, VA, call the suicide prevention hotline. Um, I'm tired of having my friends getting notifications that, so-and-so is no longer with us. He lost his battle with that. So that's my caveat at the end of this thing is that um, if you are struggling with PTSD, mental health, suicide, anything like that, get help, okay? It can get better. It does get better. No, thank you because that's what our whole little foundation we are trying to get going is helping. I don't – not to give to the general name, the whole hopefully it finds its way to help somebody. We want to go out and find those people ourselves. We want to go give them what they need, not, you know, write the check to the guy on TV and say, hey, hopefully this money makes it somewhere. We want to go find that person that's like, man, if I could just reach out to the right person, not reach out to the people who say they're the right person. Right. Yeah. I mean, if like you said, you, you run into the guy on the street, it's like, hey, man, this is it. It's like, hey, here you go. What do you need? You know, we want to be, we want to face to face with them. We don't want to. We're tired of everyone just saying they're doing their part, and nobody's actually doing anything. So, yeah, and we uh, we greatly appreciate you coming on the show, and we appreciate your service, everything, all that. Hey, maybe next time we'll talk about trucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, and the whole point of this was not even. We were. I broke down. You know, I had to call you. I had to call the tow truck driver to come get me. Yeah. I'm stuck in a in the cab with the milkman, and we're on our way home, and we still got three hours, and there is nothing on the radio. No XM. There's, I mean, everything's a bunch of bullshit. Uh, and especially it, during an election cycle. Well, and it's it's me. We were talking that why can't you find something that we relate to trucking, but it's so easy for us to have a conversation that hopefully someone could listen to, like that bring you on and. It's not deep. It doesn't have to be deep. It doesn't have to be political. We can just go through and have a good time and, you know. Well, with the mental health and the suicide awareness stuff, that's not just veterans. That I mean, there are a lot of uh, truckers out there 
that right. are going through the same thing. The all isolation. The time yeah. alone, yeah. 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 Not with your family and all that. No, like I said, I, pre- I was going to ask if you had anything to throw out there for anyone that, but you already had that. Yep. <laughs> so, awesome. No, thank you, sir. And like I said, we'd like to have you back, hopefully, when there's actually people that are uh, maybe watching. Maybe you can reach out again yeah, yeah. and help someone. Absolutely. Even if there's not people watching, just jump on here. They'll find the message someday. Yep. Yeah. And uh, for everyone wondering, we're, we're not talking about trucks. This is for people trucking. To we're, just, we're just talking. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Thank you, sir. And I think we're going to wrap up. All right. Thank you, guys.